I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. I forgot my headphones at work, so I had to bust this out. <laughs> he got the the mic with the shock mount and everything. This is real deal. This is serious. No kidding. Here we are. Phil is going to be a little bit late. He got caught up in work and then somehow got stuck behind a train on his way home. So he'll be here shortly. Uh, this is episode 162 of Snakes and Stogies, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out, Facebook, Instagram. When you go onto that website, you need to go and add something to the cart. Then you need to go to checkout and put in the discount code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. And... Uh, Get yourself something nice. It's all good. Peep the hat, Harry said. That's right. Um, so, Black Box, check them out on all platforms. And then you need to go follow the fine folks at Puget, Puget Sound Pythons. Uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Go follow them on Morph Market. And uh, they're good people too. So, all of them need to be followed. This is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Um, and also, like, Shameless Plug, Fulvius Apparel. I've got some, uh, some, some Morelia shirts available for pre-order right now. I have the shirts in, just got to print them. Uh, and then start getting them out to people. Go follow that endeavor on Facebook and Instagram as well. That's uh, Fulvius.apparel. I got some hats coming and stuff that I'm going to, I got some more embroidery stuff sort of in the works in terms of designs here. Um, if there's any stuff that people want to see in terms of species and things like that, like feel free to throw them at me because I'm always open to ideas. Um, try and do what I can to make people happy. That bear and I design, I'm a fan, man. That was pretty cool to come up with. I thought that was pretty creative. That one's going to be tough because, yeah, I want to the light like there's so much variation in the shade of green on those things. Trying to find something that like that one that I sent you that has that like acid yellowy greenish. Like, I wish I could find something that. uh, You're going to have to just go like flow yellow with almost like a black underlay thread underneath it almost or something to break it mm -hmm. up. I don't know. I don't know. I was looking at at thread color at work today, kind of trying to figure out which one would work best. And I think I have a happy medium so we'll see um keller said a teletornis shirt so i'm always thinking of stuff like it's been nice i just like come in here i put on some music i light up a cigar and i just like get in the zone for you know two hours three hours Start rhino rat skulls yeah, and I have like a short list of stuff that I've wanted to do designs for on my phone. I just have don't have like a clear idea of what I what I want to do yet, but 
Um, you know, I did like a, a Papua New Guinea one yesterday that was started out as one idea and then it completely shifted into something else as I was, as I was going. So yeah, corns want to do a, something corn related. That one's going to be kind of tough. That one's like, it's going to be weird. Like the, the more common stuff is going to be a little trickier. I think in terms of coming up with something sort of unique and something I'm happy with too. Peach throats definitely on the list. Drophurus are on the list. Um, I need like I'm I'm gonna have to hit up Skyler here for a decent peach throat picture to to I, base it off of. I know. I don't know. Do you, are you trying to do it like your um, the Ganyasoma Alliance kind of thing, where it's like the silhouette? Like, um. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I've been doing there is something is sort of done in that same manner. But I was working on a. I found a different way to do things that works a little better in terms of the detail and things than what I was doing previously yesterday. So I'm sort of tear, uh, toying with that some. So yeah, I'll definitely have to send you some references. Let me see. I don't think I have the. I'll show. I'll show people. I had that uh, that that lamp propeltus shirt too. That meth propeltus shirt that I'm. That was hilarious. That'll be a good one. <laughs> the meth propellants. <laughs> Let me see if I can open Photoshop without my computer having an absolute stroke. Bring some of these up. It's going to be asking a lot of my computer to be running this and Spotify and Photoshop at the same time. What's been going on, man? Dude, we've been on a herp high, man, ever since we no all kidding. went on that Georgia trip, dude. I've been on – well, it kind of started before that. It's like since this since New Year's, man, it's just been like I haven't had anyone come over and see the collection, and it's been like it was supposed mm -hmm. to be you and Jake, and then turned into Jake, and then Billy came down, Jenkins, and then Chaz came down with his family – and then Billy Hunt came over to help out with a couple things. And Zach's been able to come down since he's been Damn. based out in Tampa. And then we did that Georgia trip. I'm just like, and then Aiden and Preston came down this past weekend. It is seriously like, I've been telling the boys, I'm like, dude, this past month has probably been one of the most exciting. Busy as hell. Yeah. yeah dude, it's just been nonstop. And we've had created some insane memories. It's been awesome, man. That Georgia trip was still. I'm still thinking about all the fun we had on that man. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. That was such. Yeah, that was good. Time. That definitely uh got me amped to get out more and. You know, you I just can start, when you see stuff like when you actually get out and find things, it it makes things better. You know. Yeah. Plus, you've sent more stuff in the thn chat of you out herping in the last since that mm -hmm. georgia trip than you have in the last year so it's like it's all yeah. pushed us a little yeah. bit since then it's like it's lit that fire it's awesome it's definitely fun i am working on a cow king shirt kind of is it going to be a picture of you so running from that... cow kings no <laughs> no let me see if this thing's cooperating yet yeah i like that one that one's awesome Yeah, so that was actually 
Like I took a, it was from a picture of one of the Biocs I had years ago, and I completely put it through the ringer and adjusted it and tweaked it and did all kinds of stuff with it. So that's one that I'm working on. I don't know. So I'm I'm kind of still trying to plan out exactly how I want to release this kind of stuff. If I want to make it like a monthly drop kind of thing. That would be cool. Couple designs every couple months or every month or so. That way it's the Mess Propelters one. Yeah, that one's sick. Yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> Shout out to Harry Claiborne for the not even one thing, because I didn't even think about that. And he was like, not even one. I was like, ah. <laughs> Dirt Snake Mafia one, I'm still sort of I gotta figure out a better solution for the actual snake because I think that's a Natrix. And I don't that's like what count what constitutes a dirt snake because to me it's like the small fossorial stuff like Steraria, but to some people it's like the brown carpets and things like that. So Yeah, I feel like it's like what what are what country or continent are we talking about? Right. And this I still need to play with. I'm gonna do a different Bairds, I think. So that's from that uh the that school or the taco bus or whatever. Yeah, that food truck in Alpine. That was the text that was on the side. That's freaking awesome. And uh, this was the little male beards that, that Chris found that he took a picture of in front of it. And I still have this snake, but I think I want to do a different beards because this one, I think it's kind of... I don't know. I need to figure out a way to get more detail out of it. So, Yeah. It's a work in progress. Like it's not bad, but it's like there could be a better option. And then Phil wants wants a rink shirt. I was working on an obsolete shirt too at one point. I was. This is a photo of one of P and Cody's rinks that I took a couple of years ago that I was kind of trying to use, but I don't know how well that one will really work out. There's no like zero detail on the face and the eye and stuff. So yeah, I'll probably just. I don't know. I just enjoy screwing around on Photoshop. Yeah. The Morelia, the Morelia one that you just came up with, dude, I really like that one. And the whole Australia with the Papua New Guinea over top. That's pretty awesome. I really liked it. Yeah. And that one, that one started off as one idea and you know, it's almost like I've come to the conclusion that it like with logo stuff in particular and like art in general, it's, it's good to, make something and then don't assume it's just done. Give it a few days. Cause the more you look at it, the more you're going to see stuff that you want to change and like tweak and stuff. So exactly. That's uh sleep on it. That makes life a little bit easier. Yeah. I have that pitch you shirt that we did as like the network shirt. I still have that design. The one that you were putting on like the yellow print or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That one was cool. I can do better than that now though. Yeah. I'm smoking something I've not had before. Some foreign deluxe. Tatuaje La Riqueza. I have no idea what the blend is. We're going to find out. Looks pretty good. Looks like it would be a San Andreas Maduro wrapper. I don't, like I said, I'll look up the blend in a bit after I've had a little bit of it. See if I can guess. 
your looks. I don't have a gar on me, unfortunately. I'm not high class. Hmm. Damn. Yeah. How's the uh how's everybody doing there at the the homestead? You talking about all the critters or what? Yeah. Everybody. All of it. Dude, just thriving on, man. Freaking kind of got everything somewhat uh concentrated got everything down to just basically the bear and i here i got the pair of vbbs the two green trees the handful of papa winds and then all those uh or yeah and then all the peach throats out there out back so it's a non-stop freaking event dude and then got the quail going on every stage of life it's a you've been doing those for a couple months now though right dude it actually May this month, yeah, it makes a year that I've been oh, wow. successfully hatching them out. So I've had them for a little bit longer, but it took me a while to get them to laying and hatching and everything. So I've had them hatching out for a year now. That was so, yeah, because when we went to Georgia, you had brought Preston some eggs, and yeah. I thought that you needed to, like, they had to be turned like chicken eggs, like they had to be on a turner. And you so, told me they didn't, which, well, you could too, but. Yeah. Either way, they seem to hatch, which I thought was odd because I was sure they needed something more special. And that's how I started out because I was turning them and everything. But then I saw a guy on a YouTube video of a guy where he did an experiment and he had basically the same success. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try it. Two incubators, non rollers, two rollers. And I had the same success rate. So I was like, all right, one less thing to remember every day. Yeah, because those things. <laughs> I know my dad hatched out chickens for a while. He he was he had a handful of them, and he was buying certain kinds and hatching some of them and whatnot. And remember when they hatched, it was always like get them off that damn Turner because like once the baby start hatching, it turns into like something out of saw. Yeah, and things just that's get what, hectic. I, Babies get caught under it and all kinds of stupid stuff. Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't use the automatic one. That was why I was worried about that. I heard horror stories about that. Plus, it's like if you got like fifty or sixty of them in there hatching, then you you can only imagine what kind of mess that is when you open it up. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's just one of those things too, where because then you're also limited on what you can put in the incubator. I mean, I don't know if you you try to limit how many you have cooking at a time. Well, I got, I'm trying to figure out a mass. I'm trying to get like one of those big white long igloo coolers. And I'm going to turn it into like a little custom one so I can stack like 500 or so, maybe even more in there and mm-hmm. to incubate at a time. Because right now I just have four like smaller ones and I do like 75 in each. But it's so annoying having to go to each one and check them and everything like that. I'd rather just be one single unit and everything. Yeah have it just sort of cycled in terms of like stuff that's due to hatch closest at the top and then rotate yeah kind of have like two or three shelves in there and just stack them up Mm -hmm. but yeah what did you start out with like how many did you start out with with those dude honestly it's pretty freaking crazy and when you think about like the the generational depression it's like Mm -hmm. it must not happen in birds because i started out with 16 birds and hatched out now we're probably in the thousand range sounds crazy but it's pretty freaking insane how many birds it's gone through in the last year but no no like 
there's no health depression there's no mm-hmm. physical ailments nothing like that they all just keep on rocking dude it's freaking wow. it's crazy so i don't know but yeah it started from 16 i got like 100 or probably about 80 80 laying hens right now and then i just right now i'm finally to the point where i cycle all the sizes through and mm-hmm. freeze them off bag them up use them for the collection so wow. How many you I mean, in terms of like mice, do you have particular ratios with quail that you try to like? What's the like cycling out like a mice now, a quail now, or you're saying size wise? I like breeding ratios, or do you do you oh, even need to have a male, dude? It's crazy. It's basically like find a rock star male and see how many he can handle and. <laughs> try to stay with the lowest amount because the males get really loud and annoying and they'll fight. So I got like three males in there with like the 80 females and they're rocking it. Just putting in the Lord's work. They're literally doing the Lord's work, man. It's they're living the life. That's all I can say. That's wild. Yeah. I've, I've, me and Jake have, have talked about trying them out, trying quail. And I just don't know that the space that we're working with could could work really well with those and then making sure that we're keeping things out of the mouse house you know i have a i have a possum that i've had to like barricade out of it because (laughs) they would dig under the door and it'd be in there eating the uh you know my my rodent feed and stuff stuff remember the the videos and then uh yeah goddamn rickets and uh Every now and then I'll get some rat snakes and stuff in there and I just don't see any way of, of keeping it sort of visitor proof. And then, uh, you know, where do you put all the tiny, tiny chicks and stuff like that to where they also can't run off. And It's definitely a process, dude. Like I got different size tubs for different stages and then the raise, smaller raise up outside pen that's all wire and lifted off the ground and then the actual pen for where all the adults go so it's mm-hmm. it's a process for sure but it's definitely worth it at least yeah. at this stage at first it was kind of a putting in the work and you're like damn is this gonna be worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> but now it's starting to be like all right it's pay- it's it's starting to pay off yeah we got, we got some stuff stacked up and how much of your stuff are you feeding quail now? Sort of yeah. as a result of doing that. Uh, everything that's big enough. Like as soon as it's big enough to eat those pop out of the eggs, I've been feeding it to anything. Like that Barons that you passed down to me, mm-hmm. he just now started eating the um, fresh out of the egg ones. So mm-hmm. I was pretty stoked that he took that. I was pretty stoked. But all the other ones, they tear it up, man. I, I really don't have any issue feeding off anything. Like nothing's really picky. They all just slam it. Mm-hmm. I got pretty lucky with that. And the freaking monitors eat it up. That's their favorite thing. So I can't complain there. It saved me a lot of money on monitor food, having five miles to feed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And I've just now like doing the rats and stuff for the last couple of months has been really nice. Cause having a steady supply of like pups and, and 
new ones and stuff you know the smaller stuff that i definitely need more of because most of my stuff is eating that size yeah it's been a huge huge weight off um and then it's it's taken a lot of pressure off the mice too that i have so the mice have kind of started to get back in the swing of of you know i got a younger group sort of back into each of the tubs and things and they're starting to kind of kick off again so that's been good but yeah, dude. Other than the quail and everything popping off, though, I totally forgot to mention, I finally got lucky and we got um, a clutch of those F1 pop ones in the incubator. So I'm just on that slow and long countdown till those yeah. come out. Fingers crossed, man. That'll be so awesome. I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, I am doing ASFs. Um, I am doing those for Casey Cannon because he can't have them in Georgia. So he asked me if I would breed them. And so I am. And I just got my first litter of those actually over the weekend. And those come out really like fuzzy looking. They almost look like little hedgehogs. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Uh, Jenkins asked if the retained egg passed. Like what was the... Uh, Yeah, it's still... So yeah, still in process. She's still got it in her, but it's like right there at the end trying to massage her and soak her she's pooping she's been moving around she's drinking i i really don't know the advice i've been given was basically two options and that was uh surgery and they want to spay her which would be cutting out her whole oviduct and everything and everyone i talked to that has done that already has either lost the snake pretty or like relatively quick after that or mm -hmm. it lives a couple months and it just slowly has more and more issues until it dies off. So yeah. I was trying not to do that. So we're kind of, since she's doing everything normal and she hasn't showed any signs of like slowing down or ailments, I'm kind of just keeping her warm, letting her rock it. I fed her one meal that I injected with a bunch of liquid D3 and electrolytes and everything. And I kind of lubed it up with some fish oil. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that would kind of get things moving she pooped it out and had a good poop. So now I'm wanting to give her a little bit bigger meal and see if that does anything, but it's not like she has swelling. She doesn't have anything going on. It's not really knocking her down. So everyone else right. told yeah. to let it rock. So we're just going to let it rock for now. Yeah, dude, the, uh, the female bimaculata I have, she's had a, it, it's gotta be like a retained egg or something. And it's just been chilling there for, a while now and it doesn't stop her and i'm just fully expecting one day to open the tub and to just be there you know yeah that's kind of one of those things told. you know if it's if it's there and everything functioning you know functional wise everything's fine yeah then you know just kind of you know the body's gonna gonna figure it out it's gonna um, do its thing and plus like i was thinking i mean it's kind of hard to compare species to species because everything's different but it's like there's Amazon basins and Northern basins that'll hold mummified babies in their stomach for two seasons and mm -hmm. then poop them out. You know, like they'll have a season where they had a birth, skip a whole nother season, then breed the next season. And when yeah. they're laying those out, they're laying out mummified babies. It's like, yeah, it's bizarre. It's crazy as heck. You can't really compare a boa to a Python, but if a boa can live through that, you can almost think, you know, a month or two of a retained egg, a Python might be able to handle it. At least in my eyes. Yeah, and you know, like I said, if if they're if you're seeing signs of 
lethargy or you know anything that's off then i think that definitely means it's time to get it checked out but for the most part if there's you know if i don't see any major issues you know like it is eating and passing things fine then you know just let it do its thing and yeah because it would happen I did the whole vet route at first when I didn't that because I was panicking and that was a whole $800 to put me right back in the position I was in. And the option they gave me was two more thousand dollars to cut her open and spare. And there's no guarantee on life at that point. So, right. If you guys, I mean, I'm saying everyone's in their own position, but I mean, I felt like my hands were tied at that point. I'm going to let it take the more natural routes because she's been wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But obviously, if she takes a down downward spiral, spiral, I'm going to take her back and see what they, they can give me some sort of last minute help on her. But yeah, I just I don't see quote unquote spaying a snake as being long term anything that could really benefit them. Like I know, like males, I've I've heard of people who had males that had hemipenes get you know infected or something, and they had to amputate one of them. But at least they still have another one that's functional, you know. Yeah. The oviducts and stuff. I just, to me, it seems like that would not. That's a whole organ. That yeah, like that just wouldn't. I wouldn't expect a, a female to to last long term with that being gone. I think people have done it with chondros, um, where either I don't know if they had just completely sealed off the oviduct after issues, um, you know, egg binding or or what, but. I know for, for green tree people that have had it done, like that was kind of it. Like that female was, was no longer going to be a breeder. Like it was just, Oh yeah. The chance he, of having issues with that was just too high to bother again. You know? Yeah. He said he would, that it would a hundred percent just be a pet. So. Yeah. Which is fine too. You know, it's just one of those things where it's, I'm with you. Like that's probably the decision I would have made too. If that was what was presented to me was, you know, I can do this, but I don't know that it's really going to fix anything or it might make things worse. And it's like, if that animal's doing fine, then. Yeah. I'm why, like, you know, why whole, uh, yeah, she was, she's not on her deathbed right now. She's not sitting here like freaking limped over, you know, not moving. So I don't see why I'm going to go put her manually on a deathbed by someone mm-hmm. else's hand. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, what is the, how big was the clutch? 12 good eggs, and then the 13th egg, you know, lucky 13 is the one that got her. But the very last one? Yeah, very last one. And, I mean, it's not like it's stuck way up in her Mm mid-body. It's literally that far away from her cloaca. So, she's a first-time mom. She's a 2017, so she's got the age. She's got the size. But, I mean, I don't know if it's just a first-time complication, one of those things, or what. Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. How were the uh, chondros doing? Dude, so I put the one older chondro in the built. He's actually right behind me. Mm-hmm. That's the cage. It's an 18 by 18 by 18 little square. Kind of built it out with a bunch of fake vines and fake trees and everything. And I was kind of skeptical on putting them in there, but it's kind of, it's pretty packed. And it's got just a little light, a dimming UV on it. So I can kind of keep it pretty dim in there. The first two weeks, he found the little back patch of greenery in the back and just kind of hung out, hung out on the vine in there. And I was like, damn, I might have to put him in, put him back in a tub. He might not seem really like he's liking mm-hmm. it. 
tried feeding him the third week. He took the food. Then he started perching out in the open, and now he's just been perching out in the open. He's been chilling, and he's thriving. He's taking two meals in there, so I'm just going to let him rock. He looks so awesome in there. So I'm hoping I can get the other one and another one soon and have those stacked on top of each other. Just yeah. have a cool little double stack, beautiful green trees together. Are you planning to get any more of those? Um, so no. did you – you saw, I think I told you about uh, that Aiden Bradley kid. He did the, he hatched out a yeah. couple of clutches of chondros and the doom rolls. So I was wanting to get one of his uh, F2B acts of the Bradley line, but this whole vet thing, and I've had a couple other things with our house going on. I, the boys that were just here, they just seem we freaking got spare bedroom, garage, bathroom. All Always time. something. So between the house, the snake, going to the vet and everything else i just couldn't pull the money out of my butt right now but i'm hoping i'm hoping since he's rocking those green trees i want to get a little bioc off of him because i want to add some bioc blood to the collection just want to raise a little neo neo though just Mm -hmm. do something red never had a red one just got the two yellow so i want to try a little red or something maybe yeah it it continues to surprise me that as many biocs are imported into the into the states like you really don't see people breeding those on a regular basis like just biox you know not not necessarily biox like outcross stuff that's that's tied into designer stuff but like just like that first pairing that i did you know that was just some biox it wasn't anything life-changing they were just good looking snakes you know so i think that's that's and that you know what's interesting too is like the holdback that i still have like the one that i kept uh personality wise is like completely handleable like just as just as handleable as as my other stuff that are uh you know 100% captive bred have been for a couple generations now like just as mellow um and most of the people that I that I talked to that got some from that clutch too you know it's the same way like the animals completely handleable like it's it's not like what you see with with imported biox that are just striking really, off angry at the world yeah 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 the two i got i i mean they're not biok but they're the chillest they're just as chill as my papa and carpets you can touch them on the face touch them on the chin you know they'll as long as they're already moving i'm not one to rip them off a perch but i can grab them and handle them and they're i haven't had one strike at me i only have two but i mean they've never shown any aggression so I feel like that stigma is all based off of the wild caught. Yeah. People yeah, not sure. handling them right or keeping them in the wrong temperature or whatever it may be. Well, it's comical because I'll open the tubs to, to mine, you know, that are three or four years old. And it's like, they can't, they're, they are super mellow animals, but it's soon as I open that tub, I got like, I know it's coming because they sit right there in the front corner. There's a mouth coming at me. Like as soon as I open it, like it is completely reactionary. Like there is no like oh, thought oh. behind that. Phil, you removed oh. yourself. There he is. Hello. Hello. Hey, Phil. Sorry, I'm late, gentlemen. Good to see you. You too, brother. In the flesh. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. But go on. Don't let me interrupt. No, we need you. What did I miss, boys? I'm talking about green trees. Green trees Excellent. and quail. Green trees, quail. We need to talk about some herping, man. We've got some epic stories we should tell. 
Yeah, you uh, you just posted that like uh, uh, best of video on Instagram. A little highlight reel. Really. Highlight highlight clip reel. I love it, man. I got to get some pictures from Aiden. He's got some good ones on his camera. And when I get some of those from him, I'll post some up. We gotta yeah. I want to see the ones he took in, in Georgia. That's what I'm saying, dude. He showed us a couple of those kings and the rat snakes. I'm like, dude, send those, dude. What are you doing? Yeah, his, his setup, you know, for field photography is pretty, pretty legit. It's pretty serious, man. Yeah. He was doing some work. He got – it's a – it made – it made me fall in love with a black racer with some of the pictures and the interactions we were having and just the encounters we got to spend with the snakes we caught, man. It, it freaking gives you a whole different perspective seeing it through that micro lens and everything. And mm-hmm. dude, that, that Mastacophus in the, in the one clip, uh, clip video, dude, that thing was killer, bro. That killer. That was probably the craziest catch. One of the craziest catches of my life. And, and it, you know, I've never found one in Florida. Yeah, I've never oh, seen one in the wild either. No shit, man. Yeah, man. We got them. There's a bunch around me, but it's like, it's good luck catching them. I've only had hands on one other than the ones we got. So the fact I told the boys, I was like, look, if we get anything today, the highest thing it'll be is a coach whip and a pine snake and an Eastern diamond back. But if we see a coach whip, we're going to have to get it. And it was a triangled effort. It was Aiden spotting it. Me and Preston literally dropped packs, ran. We both jumped into bushes at the same time. He was running one way. I hit another way. We lost it for a second. We were all panicking. All of a sudden, I spotted it again. It started to move. I, like, yelled out some gibberish in a panic because I couldn't even (laughs) speak English. But Preston was a mind reader, so he knew what I was saying, and he ran in the exact direction. I came around the corner of the bush. Preston's freaking diving midair, grabs this thing as it's halfway down the hole. And then he's having a freaking adrenaline attack. He's tripping over holes. He's tripping over pot, freaking potholes and bushes. <laughs> I'm like, give me the snake. You're going to drop it. His up bigger than an owl. I'm just like, oh my God. So then that's when you, when I started the video is me tailing that thing and he's getting up off of his back and we're all just like having a party, man. It was, that was the most, cool adrenaline rush and just experience yeah we were all sitting there yelling hugging each other in a triangle after like we freaking made it happen we made it happen oh my god meanwhile the coach was just musking and biting (laughs) again oh yeah yeah. it's like oh screw you guys and it dude it was a gravid female once we realized that we're like all right we got to get some pics we got to hurry up and we put her back in the den because we're like all right she's freaking about to pop yeah, but it was so freaking cool just to see that and have her chilled out in an awesome scenery where we were like literally inches away from her face, taking pictures and just staring her in the eye, man. Dude, just, how cool would it be to, awesome. to see like hatch out some baby Easterns like that? Dude, that's a freaking dream. After seeing that, man, it's just like, ah, that'd yeah. be cool. Little eight or not little at all, but like an eight foot enclosure with mm-hmm. some height and some depth to freaking set up all naturalistic. Oh, my God. My plant, buddy, plant my buddy, in there. yeah, my buddy Tony Mills, he keeps some. I haven't seen him because I haven't been to his place and seen his stuff. But he's like, man, they're a handful. He's like, they're. He's like, if you ain't paying attention with that tub open, they're gone. He's oh, like, they, they are just they teleport. They just that thing is, They're lightning on. They're lightning on Earth, is what they are, man. 
And that and that makes me happy that that Preston was fumbling because that boy is blessed. I mean, he points at a he points at a patch of sod, and all of a sudden there's magic underneath it. It's annoying. <laughs> I know he's watching too, so he hears me. <laughs> I think Aiden, Aiden must be like a lucky charm or something, and we were going to have him on tonight, but he's uh he's on the road. Um, yeah, stuck on a train. But he was uh he was with us in Georgia. He's from the UK, and he's he's herped all over the world. I think he mentioned Israel. I think he's been in the Philippines. Um, 10 countries is what he was saying. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I heard him talking about a few of them when we were there, but that kid's got a wealth of knowledge for his age. That's far beyond his years. It's freaking, it's awesome. And definitely experiences beyond a lot of us, man. That's mm-hmm. Well, he's a, like a prime example of, of why I've come to appreciate native species and stuff so much because it's like you have a the, the exact sort of example of what I'm talking about of someone who's coming from across the globe and they see a rough green snake and they're like, this is one of my lifers. Like, this is what I've been looking for. Oh, yeah. And it, like you can't help but, but get pumped about that too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a rough green snake. Maybe you've seen a million of them, but it's like to see someone who has not seen those before in person and for them to get super excited about it, like you can't help but, but not. It's infectious. It you know? he, he re-sparked my yellow rat love, dude. Like him, us taking the pictures of the yellow rat and just looking at this yellow rat so close. I'm like, dude, I see, I see these all the freaking time. And it's like, I have one. And now I'm like, I look at it every day. I'm like, dude, this thing looks so sick. Gosh. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's 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 cool to see firsthand too, like people seeing these for the first time. Yeah, just throwing them on the lifers and seeing it's the weird. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. And I know I know you you've got you're like me. You got a lot of Florida species on the list, but you still need a lot more, right? Oh yeah. I, I got feel a like, lot to click off. I feel like of everyone I of, of all the herpers in the southeast that I know, with the exception of maybe KJ, I think Preston's the closest at finishing the list, right? I mean, I, and I think it's crazy that not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I think it's crazy too because despite him almost having finished the list, if not finished it, the dude still gets stoked about finding the most random ass thing. Yeah, I honestly don't know how much stuff he's found out here. I know he lived out here for a while, so I know he's found a bunch. But yeah, we didn't talk about his whole hit list. That's cool. I have started keeping track on my phone, like on my memo you, app, you like got writing. It writing down the species just here on ladies island that i've seen and i went through that and i've seen a lot like after seeing the actual list of not just herps but uh or reptiles but also like amphibians and, and stuff like that um it's pretty cool and i mean there's a ton of species that i also haven't seen and those, those are the ones that i wonder if they're even here or not if they've been extirpated from the island entirely um but you don't realize like how much you you have seen around you until you know, you sort of put it on a list and it's like, Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, what are you smoking tonight? I am smoking the Gurkha warlord. Mm, Nicholas cage. Legit. Legit. What are you smoking? Uh, so Raj gave me this, uh, Tatuaje La Requeza. I've never okay. had it before. I don't know I've what the blend it, yeah. is. It seems like it might be a San Andreas Maduro. Okay. Color looks right. Flavor seems there, but I don't. I don't know. I'm going to look it up here shortly. Well, this is supposed to be a 
Connecticut Abano that's just Dominican and Dominican. So we'll see. It's super oily and I've been hanging on. I have like two or three of them. I've been hanging on to them for a while. And like I was saying last week, I'm trying to go through the, the yellowy cellophane, you know, the good aged cellophane. And this one looked prime and I've been on a Gurkha kick because I know how much of a fan of them you are. And uh, yeah, sparking it up. Undercrown Maduros are awesome, Harry. Don't, don't, don't discount my, uh, undercrowns. That's a fantastic smoke. I don't know about this being a San Andreas Maduro, though, because this is awfully, A, it's very tame for a Tatuaje. Usually Tatuajes are pretty, uh, pretty in your face flavor-wise, and this one is surprisingly mellow, so I'm actually starting to wonder if this is maybe a broadleaf. If I just list all the different wrappers, I'm bound to be right on one of them, so. <laughs> just say everything on it. That's right, and then when you are when you look it up, you're like, I was right. Yeah. You guessed correctly. Did he read us the scam code? What the hell? <laughs> Hey, dude, I actually ended up getting a lifer out of the Aiden come over. So he was definitely a lucky charm. Have you guys ever seen a Florida worm lizard? No. And that's not. awesome. Yeah. Alien. Alien. Freaking alien, dude. It was crazy. It was, I've never seen one before. I obviously have seen one like in the books that everyone's seen, but to see one in the flesh was crazy. And this thing was long. It was probably How did long. You find it like what long. Did Dude, it's in my backyard. In my backyard. We flipped it under a bunch of stuff that I have set up for my dogs. That's awesome. And Preston was looking for some more dusky millipedes. I was like, let's go flip this stuff. Sure enough, there was an alien underneath it. That's wild, man. <laughs> That's wild. And I heard they, they heard they have a nasty bite. Is that true? Dude, it bit. That's what I told him. It was trying to bite me. It was trying to bite my finger. I could feel it. Yeah. And you could see the little tongue flicking out and everything. It was weird. So, so did it actually bite you or not? I didn't let it. I could feel it trying to go. Oh, out my yeah. And I was like, okay, we need to put this guy somewhere. That's awesome. That's, That's so wild. cool, man. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. It's same thing. I've seen pictures of him, but I've I've never never seen one. A lot bigger than I thought. That's for sure. You got to wonder how many of those are in the ground, like right underneath your feet, pretty much at any given time if you're out and about, you know? Seriously. I, th I think they're rarer than you think, man. I Maybe. mean, uh, fossorial stuff is, is already hard. And that I think the conditions got to be perfect for them, where it's got to be like a, a higher elevation, loomy, sandy soil that's not necessarily palmetto head, but not necessarily pine tree habitat. You know, I mean, what's, what's your yard like? Basically, what you just described. Oh, okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the I'm ideal like, conditions. I'm like, oh shit! Well, you're checking off everything that my backyard is already. Then. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. That's awesome. Uh, what about those? Yeah. Um, have you seen any of those? They were king snakes. I don't know if they still are or not, but those those long tailed. So me and my buddy were literally just messaging about that today. We're gonna try to go hit Brooksville soon because he's got a spot and i know of a couple of roads where they've been found so there's a couple of areas we can maybe go out and do a little footwork but i definitely want to go try to find those that's been a lifer and a target for a that long has, time man. that has to be one of the rarest species in the country that in the south florida mole king i would say would probably be the two rare snakes in florida yeah yeah 
And I think the the well, and let's not talk about the Highlands Rainbow. Yes, there is that. Which yeah. there's been a couple sightings in the last couple of years, which is awesome and nice. Out in the yeah, but now what's what's the the bounty? Because none of those people got the bounty. I don't even know, to be honest with you. I think it's like if you find one alive, photograph and, it and document and, it, and you and you can prove that you caught it in Highlands County, the state will give you like ten grand or something. No, crap. some some crazy bounty. Yeah, but it's got to be alive, and you have to be able to prove that it was in Highlands County, which is How damn near impossible. Uh, just video, GPS, geolocation. Yeah. yeah. Geotag, a couple screenshots with you holding your location on your phone yeah, and the yeah. snake with your buddy or, taking a I mean just you. taking a video and like somebody shows their garment or something you know who knows but take it next to the sign of that <clears throat> yeah I know there was um my late mentor was a huge mole king fan and he actually had captive bred ones that were Dade County like West Dade County Doral kind of area and uh they passed away, but he always said that they're completely extirpated because of human development and human encroachment, and everything. And then they've been finding them in like areas that were developed and then built back up. So like they're not extinct, but it's I think it's probably the rarest thing next to that rainbow. I wouldn't doubt it, dude. Yeah. That's the thing, is that's what my buddy we were talking about today is just all the development and habitat loss and how it's been so hard and all this stuff that used to be a normal CMI area is now like such a hard thing to find now. And it's freaking sad as all heck, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. That's a big house spider. Don't even talk about spiders, man. Aiden and Preston had me walking out in the swamp the first night they got here. Cause they wanted to go peeking around. And the amount of spiders that were crawling around, dude, I felt like I was in Harry Potter, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked this up and I was right. It's a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. It's delicious. It is a very good cigar. So let's go back to that worm lizard. How, where where was it and and what time of day and what like where were you i mean obviously it's your yard but i don't know if it was like a tin was a carpet was it wood so it's wood it's um the big um electric company wood spools that they use for the thousand rolls of wire thousand yeah. rolls of wire yeah table spool yeah a bunch of different sizes of those we kind of just got them stacked up for so their dollars can run, run up and down them mm-hmm. so they're just kind of all next to each other so we just started flipping those individually but i want to say it was three o'clock three or four o'clock in the afternoon and it was probably in the high 80s temperature wise and underneath the wood was surprisingly dry really to the point where it was there was a little bit of moisture in the soil but it wasn't wet if that makes sense like yeah it it was a little tacky, but it was it was dry. It was still the soil was still crumbly. Yeah, still yeah. It was like yeah. crumbly, but it was like it crumbled. It was wet, but it was getting to that crumbly stage where it was still holding shape. Because he tunneled, I yelled out to Preston, I'm like, "Grab that!" And he's like, "What? What? 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 What?" Because it sucked its head back in, and then ten inches away, all of a sudden, its tail poked out, and then he finally saw it, and then he just scooped up the handful with it and. 
yeah. they were just like, what is this thing? And I was like, I, I've seen that in a book. And he's like, I've seen that before. And then we started looking it up and we were like, holy crap. This yeah, thing's man. rare as heck, man. And it's only, it's basically endemic to Florida other, other than one other record where it was found in a Southern Georgia County. So there's really yeah. not much info on them, man. Yeah. It's super awesome, man. Super awesome. And th that makes sense. Like when, when, you, when I flip, cause we have those spools out by me that people just like abandon on the side of the road and stuff. And when you flip them over by me, it's just a swampy yucky mess. That's just nothing but earthworms and fire ants. And you expect it to be overly damp, but, but if you've got that right, perfect Sandy loomy soil, that's not palmetto head. That's not, you know, pine tree habitat. That's it's awesome. I'm super jealous, man. It's so freaking cool. I want to, so I want to show them, but I'm afraid YouTube will flag us because these things look super phallic. They are very, they are rather <laughs> phallic. They are really phallic. Did now let me ask you this did yours have pronounced like digits or no? Dude, this I see, I don't know the adult size, but I would have to guess that this was a full grown adult. This uh, thing was how long was it? it? I'd say eight to ten inches long. Oh, see, I, I thought you, they got bigger than that. It, then maybe it was yeah. only, uh, maybe it was only a sub adult, but you could see every individual scoot all the way, and you could see the little um, roughness on the head. Yeah, and, I mean, you could see every detail to it. It was big enough to where you could see every detail to it, but still, obviously, being a little critter, it was probably yeah. as thick as a pencil. Nice. That is straight up a dick with some legs attached to it, bro. And we tried looking. You couldn't see the legs on it. We were trying to see the legs with our eyes. We couldn't see them with our eyes. Like, That's what I was saying is I know a lot of people that find them when if they do get to see the, like, the legs themselves, they're missing a leg or they're missing digits to the, their toes or whatever. And it's um, from just fighting and living and surviving, you know? Or maybe this one lost its limbs then because we couldn't find a limb on it. Little bastards got some teeth on them. Yeah, dude, I yelled at the boys. I was like, it's trying to bite me. And they're like, what? And then you could see it opening its mouth and flicking its tongue a little bit. Wow, I'm looking at some pictures. It's crazy. <laughs> Those make me uncomfortable. Yeah. You pulling up a picture? So Aiden I, actually YouTube will straight up. No, I'm we're sure saying that. we're saying it's a lizard. Aiden actually caught um, a brimini blind snake. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. So he caught one of those, which obviously we've seen a million of them. He just wanted to get some good photos of one, and it regurgitated ten ant eggs onto his hand. That's crazy. That was a chirpy experience that I've never seen before. So it looks like I got my worm lizards mixed up. It looks like the Florida ones, I guess, don't have legs. Okay. Because there's there's other species that are more, they're larger and have like front legs with fingers. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we looked for and we couldn't find any. Yeah. Let me, I'm trying to pull up some info now. The problem is that most of the stuff that you find on the net is for like little kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, look what I found in my backyard, you know. <laughs> and the the skull structure is crazy, right? Well, you could as much as it, they yeah. should not be shown to children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at that, dude. 
straight up alien. Yeah, dude, it's the chest burster thing. Yeah, like 100%. that's yeah, that's what comes out of you. Yeah, the, the internet saying seven to twelve inches is average adult length. Okay, so I would say this one was about anywhere from I'd say probably about nine inches. We'll go six. Safe okay, nine. And and yes, the Florida species does not have limbs. Definitely. So like, so like that one there, I'm pretty sure that's Australian. That that's one Mexican. Is Mexican okay? Mexican mole lizard. I am very concerned to keep scrolling out of fear of what might pop up. The, yeah, one, the bigger, the bigger picture that's blown up on the left looks very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so cool, man. I'm very envious. It was just cool to get a lifer out of the whole thing, it just because I knew we were in my area. So I was like, ah, oh, everything we're going to catch, you know, I've already seen it. But yeah, we also yeah. I, <laughs> I threw Aiden across my car. He almost went to the windshield. We went road cruising on a dirt road and we were starting to give up. So I was like, all right, you know, we'll just haul back to the house. And I got going up to about 50, 60 miles an hour. And I swear on on the book, man a Scarlet King was coming out of the shoulder. So I just really? immediately yell SK and rip the brakes. Preston goes flying into the dash. Aiden hits the seats. We all jump out of the car. We're running around. We're shining lights everywhere. Couldn't find it. Damn. So it was you a belt jack. But yeah, it was like, I was like, I might've delirized the boys and we slid like 10 feet e-braking. Might have been probably like 25 feet. <laughs> That's awesome. A little annoying to lose that, man. That would have been awesome to get him that one. That would be cool, man. That'd be very cool. 12 inches sounds more than average. <laughs> All right. Keep, keeping, it, uh, keeping it on track. So you said it was in the, in the afternoon. It was about, it was hot. Had it rained yet or no? So no, it didn't rain. It didn't rain at all this weekend. So it okay, was, it was dry. We were, we were wanting some rain, and it was okay. dry, man. Yeah, I don't know what conditions. I would. It's it blows me away that I would find that that dry and that in the middle of the day. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like uh, because they're lizards, and they don't have you know a slime coat per se, or they don't have sm- really smooth scales. Like a like you'd find a, a a mud snake or or a rainbow or something like that, or even a coral snake. I feel like they don't want that wet, damp earth. Yeah. I also feel like it has something to do with them being subterranean and being able to burrow through stuff. If because I feel like if it's too damp or it's too compact, there's not enough oxygenation in that luminous, and it's difficult for them to actually burrow and like make their tunnels and mm-hmm. whatnot. So. I've been, I've looked, man. I've, I've really looked. I just, I never get up in your neck of the woods to do it, you know? Yeah, man. If you do, let me know. We'll we'll hit some spots for sure. Yeah. There's supposed to be some on my coast that is about two hours north of me, but you got to go to like the natural areas on the beach and root around in the. That's weird. It's like those, uh, those geckos that they have in the, like the coral banks. Where's that at? I I don't I don't remember. There was we were talking about it a couple weeks ago, but there's a stretch. Is that the little micro geckos? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there he is. Phil's back. I made it. I survived. Yay! Yay! 
I don't remember which species of gecko those were, but Phil, do you remember? What were we talking about? I was I was frozen. Micro uh, geckos. Those geckos and the coral banks. Spirodactylus. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spirodactylus. Florida reef gecko. Yeah. Love those little boogers. I've yet to find one by me. I know exactly where they are, but again, it's it's tough to get there because you gotta be crafty. So not breaking the law, just crafty. <laughs> so by boat. <laughs> well like a navy seal. But by boat or bribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know your neighborhood is a hoity-toity gated community, but you know, here's here's 20 bucks, man. Let me just let me just let me just drive around the street, you know, real right. quick. Yeah. One lap. One lap. One lap. Oh man. You dress up like the security guards and just walk right in. Yeah. 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 A shift change. Shift change. Right. No one, <laughs> no one says no to a guy in a safety vest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. We we're not doing anything bad. We're not like going in people's houses or anything. We just want to, yeah. you know, look at the beach a little bit. We're looking for lizards, man. Yeah. We're sunbathing up as close to the road as possible. At midnight. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're moonbathing. That's good. That's good. The more uh, I see, though, of like what Harry finds and stuff, the more I'm I'm becoming convinced that like that central Florida areas is kind of the spot to go. Yeah, it's because it's the least. Habited, habitated, hab- habited, inhabited, it's inhabited. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say north, northeast of me is like all freaking great, all the way up until Harry's Range. I mean, you could knock off a lot of species if you hit just you really just got to put in the time at yeah. the right yeah. time. Yeah, just seeing like the stuff that he's come across just within the last couple you know weeks and months and stuff. It's if I want to see an Eastern Diamondback, like that's probably going to be one of the first places I go is to Harry's. Yeah, yeah, because he's seen a, you know more than I ever have and probably ever will. So, see, the problem is I feel like, and maybe I'm maybe I'm biased because I'm 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 addicted to them. But if you find a Scarlet King in South Florida, it's a Scarlet King. If you find a Scarlet King by Sky's house, it's a Scarlet King. If you find one up by uh, in the Panhandle. It's Scarlet King, but the Eastern Diamondbacks look completely different. And I feel like that's one of those things where, yeah, you get the Eastern Diamondbacks. So you can say that you've seen one. You've enjoyed it. It's a wonderful experience. You've put it on. You've ticked it off your list, as Nipper would say. But now you got to find the Barrier Island ones on the West Coast. you got to find the silver ones in the Keys. you got to find the high yellow ones in Big Cypress. Like, you, like they're so different and so variable and so incredible each on their own you know mm-hmm. yeah i really want to get bruce means on because i'm i after that theory that you've talked about you know with relocating eastern diamondbacks and how each sort of population is seems to be more catered to the environment that you're finding them in if that's if there really is something to that and if he's noticed that because he's like the you know the diamondback guy yeah i think that it would be awesome to have him on i mean talk about a, a wide a wide assortment of animals that he's been privy to. Um, 
but I also love that there was a, I don't know if it was a, a paper or a journal that came out basically saying that the Eastern Dimeback is arguably the most diverse ecosystem wise of any snake species or any reptile species, simply because it can live in the swamp. It can live in the higher mm-hmm. sandy soil. It can, it can live in, in drier pastures and prairies and it's incredible. Yeah, dude, those have literally been found in the, in the swamps next to water moccasins up in the pine sand rolling hills with all the pine snakes and everything. And then like you're saying, in some kind of dense foresty pine areas with yeah. some grass, it's like they're thriving. Yeah. Or Just dude, like ba- barrier islands in the Keys that have no fresh water. Yeah. Like crazy. Surviving yeah. off rain and rabbits. Yeah, rain and rabbits. That's it. <laughs> well, even, I mean, just the fact that a species that size yeah. can, can survive as well as it has. Because, I mean, there's a reason we don't see, like, megafauna anymore. You know, at least there yeah. used to be more of it than what we have now. And it's because, like, they just, the environment changed to where they just weren't compatible anymore. And you would think, given that it's such a large species of of snake and rattlesnake at that. And as much as they're, they're killed off as soon as people see them. Um, I know like their, their population is pretty much across their range are in pretty rough shape, but it's kind of surprising that they're not in worse shape than they are. I would think. Yeah. And I also feel like the animals that we can get a bead on that we can get numbers on, whether it be herpers or biologists or what have you, they're always going to be skewed in the snake's favor simply because Florida, like Texas, has a crap load of private property. And most of that property, with the exception of like super dense agriculture, like vegetable and fruit agriculture, it's just cattle pasture. Mm-hmm. So they're just living, man. They're just chilling. Cows don't care, you know. And so the odd, like if they if they did a, a head count and they said, okay, there's you know ten thousand in 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 Schuyler County, well, there's probably twenty or thirty thousand because they can't get access to check all yeah. that private property. You know what I mean? So I mean the the Collier the family that the county of Collier is named after, I think they own, God, I don't even know. It's like four point six million acres collectively Ooh. across South Florida. And that's not just in their family named county. You know what I mean? And most of it's just cattle land that they lease out to ranchers. So there's a ton of space for a lot of these animals like Easterns to continue to thrive. But we don't necessarily get to see it or enjoy it because it's so restricted. At least that's my thought yeah, process. But it also seems that on the like in the area where they are being studied like if there's a healthy population of them like that population is really healthy like Paris oh, yeah. Island here like Paris Island that's one of the marine recruiting depots one of two in the country here in Beaufort um and I can say that because you're not getting on that that island um they study them out there and like that is probably in the area that I'm aware of the healthiest population of diamondbacks just in terms of numbers um and I a lot of that I have no doubt is attributed to the fact that like they're just left alone. Yeah. Like there's a lot of that Island that isn't developed. It's all woods, but they also do a lot of training and stuff out there. So there's a reason that it's like that. And you know, they've, they, the, someone was smart enough to see that diamondbacks have, have established themselves there well. And I think they're like, let's take this opportunity to like study and track some of them and, and things like that instead of 
you know, try and get rid of them. For sure. <clears throat> and Jack said, why have Cambridge done so well then uh, when Eastern Diamondbacks have suffered? And, I mean, Harry said bigger range, and I would agree with that. I think Yeah. you see Cambridge slash Timbers – have definitely adapted more to the, the you know the appropriate environments because you go up north and you know they're darker animals and they're inhabiting different areas than than what you see with the stuff that we have down here on the coast. Um, you know the landscape's vastly different. They've they've migrated slowly over the last however many millennia and adapted well to it. So and maybe there's a reproduction factor there too. Like maybe uh, Horridus just have bigger litters or they reproduce more frequently than Eastern Diamondbacks do. Cause I really don't see yeah. even your biggest Eastern Diamondback. I don't see that. If it's a female, I don't, I don't see them reproducing year after year. Like to me, it seems like that would be something that I would expect to, to have reproducing um, like every other year, maybe like at most. So who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think it also comes down to, we were talking about the terrain and the, the Easterns obviously have the versatility to go wherever they can and thrive, right? But I feel like with the lowland cane breaks, as we'll call them, you, you still have a ton of agricultural land, whether it be ranches or orchards or what have you, and then state land as well, while the management areas, whatever. And the northern or the, the higher altitude timbers now you're talking about areas that may not be developable developable yeah so sides of mountains sides of foothills like it, no one's no that's kind of how i feel i almost feel like cane breaks have a lot more and timbers they have a lot more area and habitat to hide yeah. the rocks and the mountains and you know, Florida's got a bunch of roads cut everywhere through it. So if someone's not shooting it on their own property, they're running it over. Phil's back. You didn't cut out, buddy. He's here. He's here. It didn't drop you. Yep, I'm here. So, yeah, that was you get the gist of it. <laughs> so but what did I miss before like, I got what on? What about like pygmies, though? What about pygmies? There's pygmies everywhere down there where Phil's at. There, I've there's never not, seen a pygmy up here. There is not pygmies everywhere by me. I have to go to specific How has habitat. Casey Cannon been trying to like take a picture of one with one sitting right between his feet that I didn't even know about. You still well, see more pygmies than I've than I've ever seen. Me? Yeah. Yeah, because I go specifically to spots that I know they're at. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you look at okay, you can go to any neighborhood in South Florida and you can find a black racer. You're not going to find a pygmy. You're not. You have to go into naturalist areas or you have to go into agricultural areas. They're just they're just not here. Development, human development and encroachment has wrecked them for a suburban species. It just doesn't exist. Well, I don't have any pygmy zones here then if that's the case. We tried that's to hopefully get a pygmy. We targeted a couple of areas for it and we had all the habitat, had everything lined up and still couldn't turn one up, man. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I but the Savannah, the Savannah River site got to break in. Yeah, okay. 
No, thank you. I don't think anybody <laughs> even knows what they even do at the Savannah River site, but there are signs all over the road as you drive through that say, don't stop. <laughs> what um, do they do? I, I Something, I think, nuclear-related, and I'm not entirely positive. Shoot, you might find a new morph. Maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy you mentioned that, because we have Turkey Point down by me in Miami, and they own a crap load of land for that power plant. And there are access roads that are paved and dirt. And there are diamondbacks on those access roads. And some of them are totally public. And you, it's just, it's a long shortcut. If you catch my drift, some of them, you're going to find a bunch of soldiers with machine guns saying, what are you doing? You know? Um, but that's one of, that's on my, one of my herp trip missions that uh, it's to go down there and hit those service roads because, there's supposed to be some crazy looking diamonds. They store nuclear waste, Jack says. There we go. And the odd, I don't even know. What, it's funny that they call it the Savannah River site because it's in the complete opposite direction of Savannah. Really? Yeah. Like to go upstate towards Athens and Augusta, you have to go through the river site. Savannah's at the bottom of the. Right. That, I don't know. But. That is like some prime real estate, though. I mean, every time I drive through that thing, I'm like, God, if I could just put on like a ghillie suit or something and just go <laughs> look around. I'm sure like a, a infrared drone or something will probably fly around and find me and I'll go to Guantanamo Bay or something. But You'd be crawling through the bushes in your ghillie suit and all of a sudden a drone would just drop down next to your head and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I just play dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's like that's the reason why i think that there are some species that aren't on ladies island it's because i've been here like living on the island for going on 20 years and i've never seen a dor pygmy never seen a dor timber canebrake whatever you want to call them never seen a dor eastern um there's just there's a handful of species that I've just I've never seen out here, and I don't that I would think that after being here so long and having driven around on so many roads and gone through all these new subdivisions not long after they've been built that like if they were here I would see signs that they were here. I mean, it, it could it could be anything, man. It could just be that they they aren't there. You know what I mean? There there are countless islands off the coast of by me and and by Skylar too that have species found on the mainland and then islands right next to it that don't it's just luck of the draw one island was not as good as the other you know who knows i don't like it <laughs> but watch me and jake will go and cruise saint helena or something and we'll probably find all that stuff but will you find a worm lizard Probably not. I'm, dude, I'm super envious. <laughs> it tricked me out, dude. I was not expecting that ever. Yeah. Smitty, you uh, do got to come down, though, so we can herp around. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I don't, I've, like Chaz has already been talking about next year's trip. Um, and I know, like, Jake and I keep talking about going out to the, the WMA that he likes to go to and it just hasn't happened yet. He's been busy. So it's starting to get to that point though, where it's going to start getting too hot to really go out and, and do any of it. So it's about time for berm season is what it's about time for. 
<laughs> Road cruising in South Florida. I need to meet up with you, Phil. We need to put in some work. Well, you want to find pythons. I'm not your guy. I, I'm going to take you to find them is what I'm going to do. He's going to take uh, you to your it. spot so you can find berms. I, yeah. I welcome it. I welcome it. We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. It's, I, I almost cried on my first one, bro. When are you ever really? going to find a wild python? Yeah, that's true. That's In America. True. Yeah, that's very true. Are you going to find wild chameleons? I, I'm not going there anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing that anymore. I told everyone I'm good on the chameleon front. Yeah. That's too dangerous. Way too dangerous. <laughs> was it that? That was the one where someone got shot? Yeah. A series of unfortunate events that ended in someone that had nothing to do with it losing their life. So crazy. Yeah. That was with a group of people you know? Uh friends of friends. Good lord. Yeah. I've only been chased <laughs> out. I've never been shot at, but I've had friends that were shot at. So that's enough for me. Being yeah. chased was scary enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I'm not big on trespassing. <laughs> so I actually got a, there's an app called OnX Maps, and it's meant for hunters and, uh, I mean, outdoorsmen alike, but it's an annual subscription and you can buy different plans for what you intend to do. But what it does is it shows you not only the property lines, but it shows you the easements and the boundaries. And it also tells you who owns the property. So it, some of them have contact information, some of them don't. In fact, I'll say most of them don't. But if you really want to do your digging and do your due diligence, if it was owned by, you know, Schuyler Snakes Incorporated out of Frankfurt, Germany, you at least have a, a way to start looking as to how to contact the landowner and, and try and yeah. gain legitimate access. So, But it is super helpful because there is a lot of state land in Florida that is leased by private people. So if you're caught there during yeah, how does that work right so if you're if you're caught there by fish and wildlife or by property management out of a hunting season and they say okay you know the hunting season for this wma or this damn it damn stop talking phil you froze i can tell he's still there because he mutes his mic yeah you're right yes <laughs> he's like cursing uh Comcast <laughs> yeah. again or whoever it is he's using Screaming to the gods. <laughs> his neighbors are going the crazy guys on his porch screaming at his computer again. <laughs> yeah. Every Monday, this guy Every Monday his... night, this guy's <laughs> screaming at his computer. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm as far as oh, there you go. Hey. Hey. I heard you say about how you could see me mute my mic. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about how your neighbors probably hear you every Monday night yelling at your oh, computer on your back porch. And dude, it's got to be. It's something with Xfinity, man. I, I thought it was StreamYard. I, I think it was StreamYard, but then they fixed it. Now, now they've it's straight. traded. Yeah. Now, now it's, traded. it's legit X Xfinity. Um, what were we talking about now? Herping on WMAs and lease property. Oh, yeah. So let's say the, the state designation for the WMA to hunt deer is January 1st to February 30th, right? Two months, okay? Or 28th, excuse me. <laughs> um, if you're there in March and there's no hunting, they're going to be like, what you, what doing, you doing, bud? 
Yep. What are you doing? And a lot of times you say, oh, I'm, I'm photographing birds or I'm photographing snakes or looking for turtles. You say, where's your camera? And you're like, oh, I forgot it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why you keep a lot of hurt pictures on your phone, right? Yeah, you pull. Why right here? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm an iPhone photographer. It's yeah. a real so, thing. So uh, there are several of us that have contacted landowners to say, hey, you know, can we still gain access? What have you? Um, but it's crazy because some of that area that's owned by private corporations or individuals that's leased to the state, there's easements that you can gain access to other areas despite it not being hunting season, so on and so forth. So it, it, it does it does do good to have some due diligence in finding land ownership. It's just not easy like it used to be in the 60s where you could knock on the farmer's door and say, hey, man, you know, can I can I not mess up your property? You know, I feel like back in the day, they were concerned with you leaving trash or leaving a, a gate open for cattle to escape. I feel like nowadays they're concerned that you're going to break your ankle and sue them. So, yeah, liability uh, is the yeah. biggest thing, I think, for sure. Yeah. My parents had a had a neighbor that lived like two lots over to the, from them. And I remember as a kid, I'd ask, he, it was a guy, he owned a, a land, like one of the biggest landscaping companies in the county. And so, you know, he was he was loaded. And uh, I'd ask him to, if I could look around his property for snakes. And he's always like, no, not today, man. Now, like looking back, it was a thousand percent because he was like, this kid's going to get bit and I'm going to have to pay a lot of money for it so yeah i'll be paying for him for the rest of his life <laughs> but that's a tough one to navigate too you know because like you think about places like the hunt club like okay hunt club you know that was more or less pillaged for a really long time of all its corn snakes and the people that own that land if they're still alive you know they're they like herpers kind of left a bad taste in their mouth in that regard and so i feel like it's, it'd be hard and this may not be the case because there may be places out there now that, that aren't as locked down. But I think there was a point, whether that's still the case or not, where if you went and asked to go look for snakes, people tell you to fuck off. Harry said, just throw on your collared shirt and your boots and you're good to go. Yeah, I got a Carhartt hat on. I'm one of you. Yeah, I'm well, one of you, brother. It's also, it's also interesting how uh, you can lose access because of non-herpers. So I have friends from my work who own probably like 3,000 acres in prime, primo diamondback territory, right? About an hour north of me. And I've been told, look, here's the gate combination. Close the gate behind you. Have fun. Knock yourself out. But I'm very modest about right time right place you know and yeah. you know, they were they were doing some some like uh, construction to put like a little farmhouse there so i figured you know what let me wait for them to do that they were doing some hunting i said let me let me wait for hunting season to kind of slow down i said once it gets into summer you know i'll reach out and say hey man is it still cool if i go look for snakes and i know they're going to say yes well i find out from a friend of a friend that some local good old boys i guess learned the gate combination from a construction worker or something You're good. You're still there. I'm good. Yeah, you're good. You said freeze up. So you froze up for a half a second, but you're good. Oh, okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. All right. They, they found so, the combination and they trashed the place. Oh. They, they trashed it. So, like, now I don't even want to ask them. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, 
I mean, it's a shame. And I, I don't understand just from like a, a politeness standpoint, like when we were camping at, at Okani, you know, it's like we we left that place pretty much just as spotless as when we found it. And but there was a pile of wood for him. Yeah, yeah, perfectly good firewood. Um, but you know, walking through there, like you could tell people have been out there shooting because there's you know busted up watermelons and shells everywhere, and you know it's like really like y'all couldn't take five minutes and and pick this stuff up. So I'm super weird about it. It's a respect thing, you know. You're in somebody yeah, else's house. Absolutely. You know, you can't be like Rick James with the muddy boots. Yeah, man. I mean, we used to when when we shot on private property and it was just shooting the tree lines or shooting at a, a dirt pile or something, putting targets in the dirt pile. We would get the blue tarps and lay down blue tarps because we didn't want to leave the brass there. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. all those shell casings and everything like it's just a mess, man. You can pick up after yourself, you know. They they've been gracious enough to grant you access to use and enjoy their area. The least you could do is police yourself, you know. Yeah. And there we go. Daryl Daryl said it because Daryl's been down that way in the hunt club and he said it's still locked down. You can only cruise the road through the property that are county roads. Can't go onto the actual hunt club land. They try their best to monitor it. And I like I have a hard time believing that that the, the corn snake boom, you know, however many decades ago, is that's still a direct result of that. Um, and reading Michael Berger's book, you know, the dragon traders where he talks about that. And it sounds like after all that had kind of happened, you know, the people that were owning the land and stuff, there still were like, not, never again. And I think it was actually for the, for the same reason that Phil was talking about, like it just, that the place had been trashed, you know, it, it, people weren't respecting it and, you know, not making it easy to be able to come back, you know, regardless of if you were involved or not. Phil's taking the longest drag ever. Yeah. I never understood that, man. It's like if you get granted access to somewhere, you want to come back. Don't leave. Don't even leave. Just leave your footprints. That's it. That's what all these national park trails say anyways. Leave nothing but your footprints. Come on now. Yeah. It's a bummer. Daryl, man, next time you're down this way, we got to go. We got to go cruise out there. I keep meaning to. It just hasn't happened. Been too too busy hanging out with these other fools. I was hoping we would have got a corn this weekend, considering how common they are in my area. And Aiden really wanted to get one before you left, and we couldn't make it happen, man. I'm sure I'll see one this week now, dead on my freaking road or something. As like a yeah, we're still here. Don't you forget? Yeah, don't forget. He did pretty good though. I think he's, you know, he found a, a lot of stuff. Yeah, dude. But collectively, from the time he got here till this past weekend, we got a, he got a crap ton of animals. Am I back? You're back. All right. You know, I never lost you guys the whole time. I'm we back, could I, see I, you going in and out I the figured. whole time. Oh man, what a shame. Well, I know we're probably past the conversation of trashing private property, but the. When people think like, oh, trashing it, they think like, oh, we left some some cups or we left a garbage bag or something. People will straight up go on private property and abandon a boat or like drive their bombed out tractor to like some yard and just dump it there and leave it there. And there's no like registration or nothing on it because they peeled all the plates off. You know, it's an artificial reef situation, Phil. They're helping. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, an artificial reef in the middle of a cattle field. <laughs> artificial reef. Yeah, and not not necessarily the book that shut down the whole Okuti thing, but he had he'd mentioned that the reason in the past that it had become such a sour sort of thing for the landowners was, you know, people camping and, and just trashing it. So yeah. it's a bummer. And the Okiti Hunt Club is 50,000 acres and owned by 12 families. Wow. That's crazy. Best, best corn snakes in the world. That's wild. That's wild. So it's got, do you think in that whole 50,000 acres, they all are looking the same or are they variating throughout that whole 50,000 acres? Because obviously it's just a distribution of locality, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, no, I think because I've seen some some stuff from sort of the surrounding area and it all kind of has that classic Jasper kind of phenotype to it. It's not net, like strictly an Oak D Hunt Club thing, but just that general, you know, general area. Because I've even had some stuff that like one of the, you know, corns that I have that came from like the other side because there's this big river that splits uh, the county in half basically in north and south. Um, and that's Broad River, and that thing's, I think, at least a mile wide. And uh, I have a corn from, from my side of the Broad River that is very reminiscent of those Okatee Hunt Club with, like, the super thick borders and, and things like that. So I don't, you know, the Hunt Club thing, yeah, like, it's a, it's a thing, and there's a history behind it. But I also think you can find animals that are just as nice from the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of variation still, too. You know, my Ladies Island stuff doesn't look much like the Okiti stuff really at all. Um, but technically the same same county, I guess. Yeah, I feel like there's also a lot of what we have in our mind as Okiti that isn't really what was there or was removed from there because it's been tailor line bred to be the quote unquote Okiti. We've yeah, we talked about that on Corn Stars a while back. You know, like Okati has become synonymous with normal. Sure, sure. You know, and it's it's really I think wild type is is a better word for it. Yeah, but even still, like I mean, there uh, when I think wild type or I think normal, I don't think Okati. I think of the 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 corn that to me would be middle and North Florida up through the Carolinas, right? But when I think Okati, I think of Okati. I think of the the stark contrast with the the heavy black outlines, yeah, and the real rich, rich, fiery orange and reds. But I still think that our our textbook Okati is not what they were yoinking out of there in the seventies or eighties. Uh, I don't know, man. There's I've seen some pictures of some that were that were pretty damn close. Okay. Um, there's definitely a lot of that kind of like with the the Loma Alta Bairds, you know, there's, they like, yeah, you have Loma Altas and then you have like generational Loma Altas that are just sort of an exaggerated form of of what you'd see in the wild. But um, I've seen some from that, that area that were definitely just safety, like traffic cone orange with those dark black borders. And, and, you know, that's, it's definitely not a, not a stretch to find one. Um, I don't have any of those those particular island corns that that you're talking about, Patrick. Um, Daryl does. I'm hoping to get some at some point soon. So, eventually in the semi near future. That's awesome. 
because those in my opinion like that particular island locality is is nicer than the the hunt club stuff just because it is much more of a, a redder like deeper red color and less of the the bright orange there's a guy in uh that lives out here in florida his page on instagram is mario goes wild he's got a picture of a corn snake that he caught in the everglades I'm trying to find it right now. It's one of the most crazy aberrant looking things I've ever seen, man. It it has the crazy dark borders that you would see in some Okatee stuff, but it's got the most aberrant pattern to go with it that it's I'm trying to find it. I'll have to DM it to you. But that's what made me ask the question because it's like I feel like you could get that Okatee um kind of look in different areas, obviously just not so consistent. Yeah. And the Okatee stuff, I think it's that, that particular combination of that bright orange with the super thick borders. Cause like you can, there's plenty of other localities that I'm sure have thick borders, but they're a much darker drabber colored animal. Yeah. Uh, and then you can have stuff that's super bright, but doesn't really have the, the borders. Um, yeah, the South Mountain, North Carolina stuff is really nice. It's all awesome. South Carolina in this area has, I am biased, I will say that, but it is straight up the best corn snakes in the world. You cannot convince me otherwise. I'll give you that, man. I'll Maybe definitely give a, you that. It's a state pride thing or but oof. yeah i feel like there there's definitely key species that are like how do i phrase this when i think chain kings i think north carolina and not like just because well, no, no because i'm an outer banks junkie man I, that's probably my one of if not my favorite king snake but when i think like true black and white chain kings i just think of just North Carolina, you know, coastal plains. Like, that's what I think of. When I think corn snake, I think South Carolina. When I think copperhead, I think Georgia. Yeah. It's just, when I think timber, honestly, I think PA. I don't mm -hmm. think New York. I always think, like, upstate Georgia. Like, for, up upstate. For timber? Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, those solid black ones. Yeah. I remember uh, on that, the... Southeastern Hot Herb Society website. There was a guy that did a, a, a write up about a bite he got from a North Georgia timber. That thing was like straight black, had like silver eyes. Wow. Like that thing just looked like it just was just the badass looking, looking horridus man. And now anytime I think of timbers in particular, I think of that animal. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Or that full melanistic one that Noah got. And I think it was North Georgia too. Mm hmm. I don't know if you saw him. That thing was insane, man. It was almost like purple in between the skin. It was crazy. That's wild. See, when I think of Chain Kings, I think of Chesapeake stuff. I don't know. Those Chesapeake, Virginia Chain Kings. just I, yeah. have The, the Virginia there. Kings, are the, the chains are probably the best, man. I like the ones we have down here because the, the, the banding for the you know, the yellow or the white isn't nearly as thick. It's much more faint. Um, but those Chesapeake ones, man, like you can see, like you could pick a Chesapeake out of a lineup. And I kind of like that. Like Chesapeake's just have those super thick white 
cream, you know, bands, especially around the like the belly. And they're uh, they're awesome. That's cool. So let me ask you, Sky, do you have Everglades rats up your way or no? We have the the yellow rats. We don't get the Everglades. No, we don't okay. get that bright orange phase. Okay. Yeah, man, I've the past like two years I've been trying to find one, and uh, Kasiki's been awesome. He gave me a female that he bred that is just turning into the best rat snake of all time. It's fire engine red. It's friendly. It's eats anything I put in front of it. Kudos to Kasiki for being a stand up fella. Um, but I'm trying to find her a boyfriend, and I've just been striking out, man, striking out. We need to go hit a big cypress and just go do some road cruising, hey, dude. Yeah. I have, I have been, man. It's it's tough. In fact, the only I only found one rat snake in all of twenty two in Big Cypress, and it was a yellow rat that um my cousin actually spotted it while we were road cruising on some of the dirt roads. And man, it's just it's been tough, man. It's just been tough. I feel like uh, agricultural pesticide has messed up a lot of things and i feel like because of human encroachment there's a lot of um interbreeding with yellows i just yeah. I feel like they're just washing themselves out i know they are it's weird though because i've been on the levees one day and i've literally found uh normal yellow with some nice looking stripes on it they weren't super bold but that you could see the stripes a couple hundred yards down we find and everglades formed freaking bright orange one you know it's just wow. like i that's what makes me think it's like what is the real difference is it's like because they're in the same area yeah 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 <laughs> i don't know yeah. I, man after after playing with those those black rats up in uh in athens and stuff it i'd be lying if i if i said it didn't make me want at least one I don't need one. You need a pair. <laughs> Dude, no, like Jake has some. So if I ever want to, if I ever need to get that fixed, I'll just go over to Jake's and mess with his. I will admit, staring those ones in the face that we had caught, or the one in the face that we caught, it was freaking awesome. Their their head structure is just super cool, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit different than the yellow rats, personally. But I would agree. I would agree. It's more retic ish. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that. Uh, that's another taxonomic debate that I don't think should really be debated. I, don't... I agree. I agree. It's just a mess, and I feel like it's only getting worse. Sure. Making them all the same, it ain't helping. Well, I feel like as long as there's guys like us that still differentiate appropriately. Defenders of the faith. Yeah, defenders of the faith. <laughs> then, then everything's fine. You know? Go Power Rangers! Yep. Get your hands off my obsoleta complex. <laughs> I do enjoy saying Alleganensis. And I make my fiance say it every chance I get. <laughs> I was like, babe, what species is this? She's like, I'm not saying it. I was like, come on, say it. I'm not saying it. Alleganensis. I still the, don't really understand the whole greenish rat thing. The intergrade zone. Is it I intergrade just, between the blacks and, and the yellows? The blacks and the yellows. I hear everyone argue about it, but I feel like it's hard to argue when you see one of those. You can't really. If I were to put one of those next to a yellow I find next to my house, 
if you say that they're exact same thing, I feel like. Well, let me ask you this. So we, we refer to greenish in the integrate zone, right? Uh, It's like the neutral zone in Star Trek, right? So if we take a black rat for, or we take, how do I phrase this? It's supposed to be a black rat with a gray rat. Is that what this is? Makes no, greenish. black rat with a yellow. Black, black rat. Okay. So if I go to that area, if I go to that intricate integrate zone and I catch a black rat and I take it home and I catch a yellow from the same area and I take that home and I hybridize them together, do I make greenish? I think someone needs to do it. I, that's what I'm saying. That someone needs to do it. If if they do that and it doesn't come out as a greenish rat, then they're liars. Then it's purely just a uh, locality look. Yeah, exactly. Well, I remember seeing the paper that kind of lumped them all, and on the on the map they had that we had greenish rats here where I am, and I, we do not have black rats here. Like we don't flat out. Like I've never seen one. I never will. Like we have yellow well, rats. Well, what was that that one? funky looking rat that jake sent us that one day remember that big dark black looking modeled thing remember that was just a yellow yeah it was just yeah. a dark gray we have, yellow. Like, the, the yellows we have here are not pretty <laughs> they're not the nice florida yellows like that are super clean like especially the ones here on the island man they're they're really not appealing to the eye <laughs> they're, they're just kind of gross and grungy looking Mike says they have a lot of gray well I also the way that I look at the greenish is the same way I look at those super crazy looking copperheads from eastern Kentucky you know what I'm talking about those funky alien looking gray and purple ones no no qualms whatsoever that that is just a normal copperhead but it looks trippy as hell so I'd be interested to find someone who's ballsy enough to breed that to a normal southern or maybe a northern a normal northern and see what the offspring looks like. Does it come out looking normal? Does it come out looking 50-50? Because technically I think those are those are I still just know. southerns, right? I would want to put those to a normal southern. The northerns aren't really anything to look at either. Yeah. You see what Daryl said in the chat? He said, I don't agree with the intergrade zone for them. I've lived there for 13 years and never saw a straight black rat or yellow, only the greenish. So, so it's go. gotta be just a locality look then. Yeah. Straight up phenotype. Which I feel like that makes more sense because how can you get Everglades, which is just a very I feel like the whole Everglades zone, what is the difference between an Everglades king snake and an Everglades rat snake versus a rat snake and a king snake that you would find in the Okeechobee area. In all reality, there's not much difference other than the color, the Brooks eye or whatever, which is a right. very, very light colored king snake, but it's still a Florida king snake, in my opinion. It's just super light. And the um, Everglades rat snake, that's just the yellow rat snake that is a super oranged out, you know, phenotype of that, which would. So you go from all this light stuff at the very tip of Florida where we have this super tropical spot to now we go to central Florida where we're neotropical. So now we're getting just a little bit darker and now we get a little bit colder in North Florida where you're going to need a little bit more black into their body. And we're getting that, what we're calling an integrate zone, but that's just that gradual move up the continent. Phenotypic gradient. Yeah, that's how I see it. 
Yeah. But I'm also not a scientist and I paint cars for a living. So don't take my word for shit. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, Sky, have you ever found an actual Brookside? Yes. Okay. Did you find it in Big Cypress? Was it, was it horrible? <laughs> it was, dude, it honestly was friendly. We picked it up and it was a little flighty. But after that, I don't believe still. you. See, that's the thing. If you, when, when you come down by me, that is on my list for sure. Like Berms would be cool. That would be cool. But I've never found a Brooks Eye and I need to. I need yeah. it for my soul. I honestly, the only reason I found any of the stuff I did is because I've rode cruised the Everglades basically the whole night, like a damn night owl for multiple, multiple weekends. And that was the only way I was able to tack that stuff on the list. You okay. basically just got to be out there from. The time the sun starts setting, and then when you see that sun coming up, you look over at your buddy, and your eyes are crossed. And you're like, "It's bedtime." Yeah. But you yeah. racked up fifty snakes over the night, so you're all stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Damn, gotta get on it, man. I gotta well, get on it. We gotta do it. I'm down. I've been slacking the last year and a half. So me and Jake Brotz, we've been talking about it. Preston's been talking about it. We all just need to do it, man. I'm so down for it. Yeah, Billy Hunt was just over. He said we need to. He said he's all about it. So, yeah, man, we'll put it together. We should get like an Airbnb in Everglades City as like a rally point, and yes. just dude eat at the the Crab Shack and just chill. Let's do it. We just for it. Camp out on airboats like real Floridians. <laughs> you don't camp out on an airboat. You get carried away by mosquitoes, bro. <laughs> That's part of the experience. Oh God. Ugh. Yeah. When are we let's going seriously to do that, though. Yeah, let's seriously do that. I'm so about it. What were you saying, Spinny? When are we herping Uganda, man? Because I follow that account that does like the herping expeditions in Uganda. Oh, dude, they got some great herping. Looking up pricing, and it's not as outrageous as I was thinking it would be. Yeah, from what I gathered, the whole uh, week-long trip there is the same exact price as airfare. Yeah, roundabout. Yeah. He's See, look, Harry, Harry's going to bring his boat down. Let's Harry has an airboat. I don't know what kind. Of, if it does it go on water, I'm there. Do people <laughs> are people allowed to own airboats privately? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone and their mother's got one. Yeah, call them blowboats. Dude, one of one of my biggest Florida regrets is my buddy JT, who actually he just moved to Alaska. I got to call him. Um, he wound up. He, he's a mechanic and. Somebody gave him a small block Chevy. So he's like, man, what the hell am I going to do with this engine? He's like, I'm going to buy a fan boat. So he bought an aluminum hull, which was a horrible mistake. Painted it black. Another horrible mistake. And uh, he just shitty fab welded a frame. He bought a, a, a Grumman Piper prop from the salvage yard of the airport and stuck that sucker on there and Chinese air pump or Chinese fuel pump and a, a, a American carburetor and dude, we were booking, we were booking. Florida man. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he spent like twelve hundred bucks in total for this airboat. Like, there's a way. Yeah, man. So <laughs> one, of, but one of my biggest regrets is he sold it. I should have bought it from. I should have just bought it and just put it in a yard somewhere, paid the fifty bucks a month to store it or whatever. But because dude, it it was pretty awesome having an airboat at whim. How many people get lost out there on airboats? Not as many as you think, but it's not airboats that get lost. It's John boats that get lost. 
because the dudes who own airboats they know the waterways they have they have paper maps they know the waterways it's the same waterways that their grandpa took them you know 50 years ago 30 years ago whatever it was it's the the two guys who bought a small bass bro small bass boat at bass pro shops or cabela's they're like we're gonna go in the everglades and they get lost they take the wrong waterway they see some some saw palmetto or some uh, sawgrass that parted because a deer ran through it or a gator swam through it they're like oh that's a side that's a side way and they just get lost in the grass that's what happens Next thing you know, water buffalo is walking by you. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, y'all have those there? There's a There's, small population yeah. out there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's also the berms, a, there's, see those. there's also a handful of bison that were on the Indian reservation and figured out that they could swim. And so they they kind of mosey their way out. But it, it's it. I don't think the populations of either buffalo are big enough to call them invasive. It's yeah. just they're like they're just handful. like a handful, right? Yeah. And, and they're not really hurting anybody, you know. No. Oh, Still want to go see them. But what's crazy is is the northernmost portion of the Everglades towards the east coast um, is actually uh, Loxahatchee National Reserve. It's federal now, and just like Big Cypress, uh, back in the day, you could own parcels of land within it before it was a preserve. So there is a series of stilt houses out there, um, maybe 10 or 15 of them total, and they're family owned. So if you don't inherit that home from the family as people pass away and the estate gets carried on, the state absorbs the home. So they're literally priceless. So these these guys, they throw these crazy parties. Like they have helipads out there and shit. And they'll throw these crazy parties with, you know, 15, 20 airboats full of people that come out there. They have like rack bedding and people just getting drunk and silly in the middle of nowhere. And I've been to a few of those parties. And I got to be honest, man, it's scary as hell. Especially when they're like, all right, last fan boat going back for the night. Who's on it? And you're like, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. So... But equally awesome. Sounds horrible. It was. It was. I uh, I was on a boat with like six or seven girls, two drunk guys, one of which was driving the boat. I was sober. And uh, I wound up having to get out into the chest height water and push the boat because he got it stuck because he had the trim tab pushed all the way down. And here I am trying to like move the trim tab with my hands, you know. And I and I'm like, just just give it a little gas, give it a little gas. And that guy just floors it and that prop spins around. And I almost lost my head. It was bad. It was a bad night. Yeah. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Won't be doing that ever again. Well, I'm a grown up now, so it's different. <laughs> yeah, he was he was only ten at the time. And we'll have Harry's though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll I feel be like great. it should be, if you live in South Florida, it should be a requirement that you have an airboat just because. No. Mm-mm. I don't want other people having them. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. Why not? Do people ever take them out like outside of the Everglades? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They take them like into like the, the salt water, like the ocean. People are um, running like a normal boat up here. Like, yeah. They take them out like Homosassa River out into the Gulf and everything. Sure. 
more i would say more so on the gulf side than the atlantic side just because the atlantic side is way windier way more boat traffic the beaches have heavy restrictions so but yeah and there's some crazy airboats like double prop like 10 seaters like massive hundred thousand dollar airboats crazy shit like they they're they're a propeller away from being an airplane basically <laughs> they're like they're wings away from being an yeah airplane. <laughs> like it's gonna be one of those seaplanes basically the amount of money spent and the actual operation of the vehicle it might as well be a seaplane no joke are you trying to actively plan a trip to go to south america Not currently. I know uh, like Costa Rica is pretty high on the list, but I think I want to go back to, to Texas before I do any of that. Yeah, dude, I definitely want to do a Texas or an Arizona trip just to see some of that stuff, some Western Western America stuff again. Yeah, I feel like we should do the West Texas trip again, like literally exactly the same way as we did it. But now we know like what we're doing and where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like I would really want to do that again. I had a lot of fun derping them yeah, cuts. But we gotta have Stone there because he's just the master planner. He is. He is. No one can. No one can pull it off the way Stone does. No one. Like the amount of of detail and effort he puts into that like itinerary is. Oh yeah. I'm like I don't know how you do it, dude. Because I'd just be like, this is where we're gonna go. This is where we're gonna drive the next day. But he's like, we're going here, and then we're going here, and then we're going here. And then if we have time, we're going to go here, and then we're going back to the hotel. And then we're going to yeah. go here, and then we're going to go there. It's and gonna we're going to make a... you, we're going to climb a ridiculous-ass mountain. You're going to feel like you're going to die. You're almost going to get attacked by bears. It'll be good. God, exaggerator. That it sounds like it hurts. It is exaggerated. But it, 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 he is being honest when he says, "Like, okay, yeah, it's only going to take us forty-two point six minutes to walk up this mountain, so we'll have plenty of time for lunch." Like, it is very, very specific with with Bobby Pebbles. Bobby Pebbles. Oh man, I can see that helping though, because it sucks when you're trying to get somewhere and everyone's rushing around and you don't know the exact directions and stuff. Sure, we did that one time. We did that on Sunday morning a little bit. We were heading in the right way, but we're like we're trying to make sure we're going to the right trailhead and all this stuff. And it was a trailhead that I haven't been to. And we're just I told them I wanted to let them pick a spot. So it wasn't like me saying, hey, let's go here and fail. Yeah. But it was cool. But yeah, I, having that everything pre-mapped out definitely saves some headaches. So. Yeah. And I feel like you, you almost got it. I mean, I've been on herp trips where there was no planning, but I was led to believe there was. <laughs> And like I flew across the country and I get there and it's like, well, we could go here and we could go there. But if you want to do this, we could just go here. And it's like, okay, let me go on iNaturalist. Let me go on Google Earth. Let me make some phone calls to some campsites. Let's figure out what the hell we're doing. You know, so what are what are y'all's feelings on iNaturalist for that general sort of purpose? Because I feel like it, it gets it's been weaponized more than, than anything else. Skylar, you want to go? Go ahead. I'm sure you got a better point than me. Like it is super helpful. Like it is cool to be able to go in. Like if you're going to like a wildlife refuge, like me and Justin Olson did, you know, last weekend, um, to be able to see like, what have people seen there? Like, what can we, 
we know yeah. that stuff is there because people have seen it. How many sure. people do you feel upload though is my whole thing. Do you feel like it's super accurate? Like how many people do you know that upload? Because I feel like I only know a handful of people that even upload what they see and catch. And So that's my problem. So I love iNaturalist. I think it is freaking amazing. I would love to just social media the fuck out of it for myself and just post every single fucking thing I ever find. But I can't because I know it's going to be exploited. So I don't. And I have done the obscure thing, like where you, you, you list it as obscured so that they can't yeah. see exactly where it was. But I almost don't even want to do that because it's just it's just kind of pointless. Um, but I do love it. And I do think that it is a very accurate representation of what is shown there because the people that are posting are not herpers. Right. They're they're birders, they're naturalists, they're they're joggers, you know what I mean? And I feel like that in itself is super helpful to guys like us that want to expand it more. So are is there diamondbacks in my area? Not on a naturalist, but if I if some hiker or some jogger or some soccer mom pushing a stroller through the park saw one, well, now I know that there is. You yeah. see what I'm saying? No, I 100% agree. It's great for like, you know, all right, what's in the area? Has anyone spotted anything? I just didn't know, you know, like, how serious can you really take it? And I feel like there are people that do take it very seriously and they all do the obscured thing or they just don't care and they just post it. You know what I mean? Um, but I'll tell you what, it has been extremely beneficial to not only herping, but to my captive husbandry as well, because yes. now I can see what the habitat looks like. I can see exactly like we all joke about, okay, did it really, did the snake really come from Cairo or is that just the, the, the port that it flew out of? You know what I mean? Well, okay. So now I know that they are not in Cairo proper because it's a freaking city, but 32 miles Southeast, they are there and there happens to be a weather station there. So now I can get weather from where they're supposed to be. You, you see where I'm driving with this? No, yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. I absolutely love it for that capacity. hundred percent. You know, and with the exception of like, endangered stuff like willard eye or uh, stuff like um if i ever found an indigo i would i would not do it you know because of yeah. what it is but if i'm in a wma and it's it's public property it's there for us the american public to use as our american right it's a uh, justin owns a piece i own a piece skyler owns a piece okay if i put a corn snake on there I put a corn snake on there. You know what I mean? I'd almost rather put the corn snake on the WMA map, show exactly where I got it, than have somebody just run it over. Does that make sense? Am I thinking sure. too deep into that? Just no. to kind of give the awareness. Not even the awareness. Like maybe that maybe that one night that the herper takes his kid out or takes her kid out, right? And they were looking for corn snakes because they saw that I put a corn snake on that on that ping. And they pulled four corn snakes off the road. Even if they kept them, that's okay. four, that's four corn snakes that didn't get squished. I you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. So. My, no, yeah, I feel like the only negative is the weaponizing of it, of knowing people who are targeting and collecting. And right. Other than that, obviously, every point you said, I agree with and use it yeah. for the same things. Now, I do know that there is, uh, I've personally witnessed, 
And this is a rumor that I, it is a conspiracy theory that I fully put the tinfoil hat on that the moderators of iNaturalist internationally will either remove, obscure, or completely shadow certain posts. And they do it for particular species. So I heard rumor that they did it for tigers. I heard rumor that they did it for some of those, um, uh, the dwarf rhinos in Sumatra. Um, and then I saw one with Eastern Indigos in Florida where there was some kind of college professor or somebody who had put, they put an obscured hit, right, on this one portion on the northwest side of Lake Okeechobee. And I was like, man, this is great. And like, I took notes on it because I was like, I'm going to go herp there. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I'm going to go herp there. And then I went back to show someone like a month later and they were all gone. Hmm. And I don't I, I don't know if that person removed them or if I naturalist removed them. But the same way that Instagram shadow bans people, because for whatever reason, there is a rumor that it, I naturalist also shadows or not bans, but shadows certain posts because of that. You know, critical, critically endangered, yeah. or whatever. Like yeah, and I mean, major species or whatever. For right. that, I mean, for that kind of stuff, I would, I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if they had like a list, and if that species pops up, they have to look at it and say, okay, what, like, do we need to obscure this? Do we need to just flat out remove it? Like that, I can get. Um, especially, I mean, from like a again, like a liability standpoint as well. Like if you're showing where people are finding tigers, and someone goes out to find a tiger and gets killed obliterated because of it you know well, does that I mean, fall on I naturalist? you know that too yeah i thought it was straight up for poachers you know rhino horn tiger teeth tiger penis whatever skin skin yeah so uh, i wonder how many poachers use that kind of thing though too yeah i'm sure i'm yeah. sure they use it just as much as we do i mean if they're using the social media to jack their prices up for exploitation and everything, you know they're looking at everything else we're looking at. Sure, sure. And I mean, poachers are infamous for using outside-of-the-box thinking to mask and disguise their activities. So it would not shock me if they were hip to using high naturalists, you know? Uh, I also think that it is very cool to see a technology, a, a technological progression in areas that were previously not as techy. Yeah. Um, and like you're speaking about Uganda. So obviously they have 5K in the city, but like you're getting some hits in Uganda, in Zimbabwe, in places that are, forgive my, forgive my phrase, third world, that you'd never expect them to even have cell service. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't know. I, how... Say what you're going to say. I, I like it just because uh, being able to look at Baird's localities and sort of see the, the differences across the range of, of phenotypes and stuff. And then in the, in terms of like the Ganyasoma, you know, going and looking at, there's not a ton of sightings of, of Persinum slash Corulum, uh, on iNaturalist, but going on there to be able to look at habitat, you know, so that when I, I do this next build, trying to find something that looks similar and that I can sort of try and mimic as best as I can and seeing the variation in those across the range as well. Um, it's cool to see Jance and I also sort of spanned out across where they're located. And so even the corns, like I've gone in there and just looked up corn snakes and just looked at all the different corn snake 
sightings and stuff across the southeast and i just like seeing the variation that you get and stuff like that oh yeah well, i i don't know how uh hip you guys are to current events but for those of you who are unaware there is a major civil war conflict in the sudan right now um and so just out of morbid curiosity because i love africa and i love african history and it's a wild place with some wild animals um tears of the sun i go on iNaturalist, and predominantly the, the fighting is in the darfur region and it's very interesting to see political control in regards to technology. So if you go on a naturalist right now and you just type in snakes and you hover your map over the Darfur region, there is no sightings at all. And one might ask, is that because there's no sightings or is that because the government doesn't allow it? Well, we'll never know, but it is still very interesting to. I mean, I can't imagine that's exactly a uh, a travel destination for. Yes, correct, very correct. But well, if I'd you're there looking they at might, stuff, they might not even be worried about it because they're so worried about just living and finding their yeah. next meal that they're like, "I'm not posting this on what is well, I, I, I was, <laughs> well, Here's the thing: is if you look at like there's Chad and Chad, Libya, Egypt. Central African Republic and South Sudan and Ethiopia, there's a ton of hits. And I mean, these are some middle of the middle of nowhere hits. But when you look at Darfur, there, there's definitely nothing. <laughs> so, oh man, but they got some cool snakes, man. They definitely do. Yeah. I, like I said, I like to see the, if there's any, shots of, of sort of like the habitat and stuff that these these things are being found into i like to really take a close look around at, at how the things are being found you know what's surrounding them like what's in the background what's in the foreground oh yeah definitely useful for enclosure building taking in the whole the whole sighting dude ekis romani ekis romani from south sudan Oof. Look at that thing, man. Look at it. Awesome. Gnarly little snakes. Gnarly. Echis are no joke. Where you find that at the bottom of the Giza pyramid? <laughs> that would be that would be pyramidium. <laughs> There was though there was some bears that someone found, and they had their their like the location was completely obscured. Not not just like yeah we found this within this like thirty mile radius. It was like flat out like I'm not going to tell you. And it kills me because they are some of the most interesting looking bears I've seen because they're like entirely silver. Really, there's like very little pattern. There's very little orange. Like they look like they are just straight up sculpted out of out of steel and it's insane and i want like i know that guy has probably gotten a million messages saying hey man where'd you find that and him being like i'm not gonna tell you so i never bothered because i'm sure he would you know it's one of those things where like you don't know who's actually going to take that information and run with it or who's just actually curious yeah you know he's not gonna not gonna tell me so i was like i guess i'll just have to 
hope one day maybe we'll know or maybe someone else will see something like it. Yeah, I think it, and it really is species specific too because like if you look at Davis Mountains and you look for Lepidus, there's a million sightings of some incredible Lepidus. Except for when we were there. Except for when we were there. Well, where we were, it was difficult. But Dude, I had a very hard time believing we weren't going to find one there. When we started going, like we were like Madeira Canyon, I was like, this is... Yeah. If I was if I was a rock, I'd be I'd be hard as one. But then again, you think about it, did we not see one because of iNaturalist? No, I don't know what it was, man, because that's there was a lot of a lot of small hiding spots. Yeah. But I'm still baffled that we didn't and I was looking hard too, dude. I was checking like every little rock pile, fully expecting to see one just chilling. Waiting, yeah. yeah, didn't happen. That's how we felt with the pigs this weekend. It's kind of like you almost feel like you didn't see any, but you probably walked past three or four of them for sure, just because of how elusive and tiny and non moving they are. Well, I also feel like, especially with Florida pigs, like dusky specifically, it is very much not only just environmental, like most other animals, but it's time of day too. Like, I don't think I've ever found a pygmy before four in the afternoon or after, say, 8 a.m. I, I don't think I've ever found one. It's always the, the like, magic hour, like, an hour before sunset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're definitely elusive. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have uh, one of my sales reps from my work. He's got uh, his house is in martin county and his fence line is wma so he pig hunts like every morning he just walks through his yard goes out into the wma and he sends me pictures of duskies slithering past his boots in his blind while they're locked up infuriating absolutely infuriating he's like dude when are you gonna come get all these rattlesnakes (laughs) (laughs) now yeah exactly yeah it's wild that's freaking awesome yeah he said send me videos of i guess he like moved his chair whatever in in the in the blind and it spooked the female and the female's just dragging the male away (laughs) like smitty's black racers yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) he went back for round two though at least good for him he was he was going for it yeah, I, I mean, you think about West Texas, man, and like gray bands in particular and how how those are kind of like in the same situation that the Hunt Club corns were not that long ago. And it's kind of amazing that, that people even still see them at all because you got to think of just how much collection is, has put a dent in those pop, in, you know, across the range. You know, I have a hard time believing that there isn't a direct effect to to sightings of those given how yeah, but, but we've odd talked, and like insular almost those those populations are but we've talked about this before where is it really that is it really that they're in decline or is it just we herped out the areas that we're physically capable of herping because there's just so much space you can't get to and rock yeah. lines you can't get well, to. i mean yeah. in, in, in relation to those cuts that everyone goes and walks and like 
the spots that everyone hits, you know, when we were there, there was, there was plenty of other people that were doing the same thing we were. And it's, you know, we saw that one group that was, had a, had a car load full of, of stuff, Yeah, you know, they were just plucking but, and but uh, they didn't, they didn't have alternative, right? I don't know. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they did, given the amount of stuff we saw them True. boxed up, you know, but True. But I also think like it, we, we walk up to a cut, right? We drive up to a cut. The cut's 40 feet high, right? Okay. We climb onto the top of that cut, right? You and me, we did it. And there's a fence there. If we had access to the other side of that fence, bro, how crazy would it be if there was just a bunch of alternate 100 yards, 100 yards past that fence? That fence was just for to keep cattle in. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But it's still, it's still trespassing. We still didn't have access to it. Imagine if we did. Imagine if we could. You know what I mean? And you, you find that that one infamous cut where everyone's finds the coolest gray bands, right? And you climb on top and you go a hundred yards past that fence, and there's more rock piles and there's more like horse field. Yeah, there's 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 a dried up creek bed or whatever. They've got to be there. It's just our access is limited. Yeah. Yeah. But in the same vein as that, though, if they are being collected from where there is access, then they're not reproducing with animals that may be in those force-fielded areas. Therefore, you're going to get a decline regardless. Or, Well, I think of it as the ones that we're finding, the ones that herpers are finding, are ones that immigrated or migrated to those cuts like they're not necessarily cut endemic or they don't live in those cuts it just happened to be that they were hunting in that general direction or looking to reproduce in that general direction and we happened to find them does that make sense yeah and then they but they'd all be males not necessarily statistically girls like to date too how many in in your experience, how many have have hit you up first? Wait, you're talking about human dating? I'm in general. If we're making, if we're, if we're comparing about, apples oh, to fucking bowling balls, I'm talking about then, snakes. Snakes crossing the road. I would say it is probably sixty percent male and forty percent female. From my personal eyeball observation i didn't probe everyone that's generous you think now if you said hey man diamondbacks in spring at two in the afternoon they're all boys because there's one thing on their mind but if you said neurodia in summer on a paved road dude 50 50 did you just assume their gender <laughs> i assumed 50 percent of them uh, I also Tyler, think that, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, going back to Texas rat snakes and Texas snakes, I was super bummed that the only sub we found was that one that got waffled and it was a primo specimen. That, I think I yeah, was, that, I was, that was the night that, that was the night that you, that you stayed home and I tapped I mean, out. That I was, was like, the, only, sleeping, that was the only snake we found, but it was still, it was incredible to see it regardless of it being waffled. But that's that would be my sole reason to go back. Like alternative is cool, man, but like I want to see Lepidus and I want to see Subox. And well, just the fact that like a month after we left, Chris and them went out. I know, I know. And saw so much stuff, but I think that's they had more rain. 
Like they, did. they had, a, they had they did. the rain showed up after we left. Yep. And I think that's what really drove everything but home. What I was going to say with the sub boxes, I feel like the sub box is the same story as Alterna. It's just more, it, it's not as niche as Alterna. Alterna is freaking niche. It is. But the Subak, I feel like, is less attractive in the hobby than Alterna. Does that make sense? Did, and I feel I like... like you know, I feel, I think the Alterna have more of an allure just based on yeah, natural history. Exactly. You can, you can go road cruise five Subak in a night. You're not going to go road cruise five Alterna. You know, you could go five years and not see an Alterna. Right, but I don't know a single person that's ever found five Subak in a night. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not talking to the right people. I don't know. I will, maybe it's just because I watch freaking Noah and all of his herb gods go out, and when they crush West Texas, they freaking slay it, man. So I can't speak from personal experience. We need. I need to go to West Texas that's, myself. That stuff, though. I mean, I don't. I haven't really watched any of his stuff, if we're being honest. But and Smitty's thinking what I'm thinking. You're seeing the highlight reel. You and you're seeing the highlight reel that may be like. And again, this is we're not poking at one individual herper or one individual influencer. No, we're saying that in general, it is a common trend for very successful herpers to stockpile stuff and then say, Look what we found in 24 hours when in actuality it was a month's worth of photos. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 100%. Especially when they're young, they don't have a lot of responsibility. Maybe they're in college and they're taking a, a summer off or something. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a sour old you're, man. You're you're not gonna see videos of them not finding stuff. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, it it's very easy to choreograph your posts and your reels. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you tell me that you find five subak in a night, it's very possible. When you're doing it over and over and over and over again, then I start to have doubt. Okay. I see. I've never been to West Texas. I thought those were like road cruising yellow rats for us, the way they make it seem on video. Yeah, and, well, and how about this, dude? I, in 2022, I found one yellow rat. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it, yeah, if you said to me, hey, man, how many yellow rats did you find in 2006? I didn't count, you know what I mean? But that was a long time ago with a different agricultural climate, with less human encroachment, with yeah. less traffic. Yeah. So that was another thing. How much do you think roadkill takes a toll on populations? Because I feel oh, like really? it's yeah. just as much as collectors decimating numbers, if not more. I would say more. Yeah. Because because most of the collectors are putting them into captivity where Yes, they're being removed from the wild, but they're still propagating and keeping the hobby going. And, and you know what I mean? In that regard. Yeah. But I feel like as much as pe- roadkill affects things way more than people let on or way more than people think, I think just having the road there in general is a physical barrier because it's not just the road. It's the it's the easement on the sides. It's the shoulder. It's the the exchange of soil. It's the 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 drainage ditches you know what i mean flood flooded flood drains that they put into the side of the road and then you you look at the agricultural areas where there were sugarcane roads that were amazing herping roads and then all of a sudden nothing and that tells me they're just dumping pesticides in the in the canal banks you know and you're putting that sugar in your coffee 
Oh, for sure. Well, it's not <laughs> harmful to us. It's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, man. It's a definitely a perfect storm of of things that all pretty much lead back to to us as a species. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, we complain about all the problems that are out there, but we cause all the problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. Conjures are pretty cool. Conjures are pretty cool. <laughs> Conjures are cool, man. Get more of them, Skylar. Did we ever get to talk about monitors at all this episode? Did I miss that uh, that talk? I mean, not really. Just we the fact that he still has his. All right, cool. That I have five five hungry mouths to take care of every day. Oh, how's the uh the water like the 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 Stefani system? With the whole water changes. Oh, dude, that's yeah, that's been a game changer, dude. That's I'm so glad I did that and modified a couple more, and that makes life a freaking breeze. You don't have to go in there and pick up a tub, and you're not splashing it everywhere. It's just throw a hose out the door and flip a switch, hose everyone down. Now the monitors are used to the me coming in there with the hose, so I literally just hose them down, and they just sit there and take it. It's so awesome. I can't That's great. Complain, How often are you doing the the changes of the the tub? Either every day or every other day. Oh wow! I probably could go longer, but I like I don't. They are in that water a lot, and they drink it, so I clean it every day. I'm weird. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them have clean water. Sure. They spend a lot of time in it. Uh yeah. I mean, I would say they probably spend sixty to seventy percent of their time up on the higher part and climbing the rest of the time they're in the water, man, they'll swim around and they do all their business in the water. And like their morning routines are usually going down and doing a quick bask, hitting the water, doing a poop, cruising around, getting a drink. Like they don't, they don't ever stop. They're in and out of the water all day. And if it's warmer at night, like a warmer summer night, like we're getting into they'll sleep in the water. So. Wow. They use a lot. That's awesome. Are, is it the younger ones that tend to spend more time in the water? Or do you notice it with, with some of the older ones too? So the, the honestly, I feel like it's all the same across the board because the adult, she's doing the same thing as the babies. They'll, she sleeps in the water and her morning routine is the same thing. She'll climb down, get a drink, go in there, take a dump. I'll clean it out one more time really quick before I leave work. <laughs> and then she's freaking in and out of it all day because when I come home, it's usually a mess. So. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm glad that panned out. Yeah, man. Got to just take that wisdom from those guys that have been doing it for longer than you because it's that just skips so many steps in my process. It's awesome. Oh, now yeah. I got people that I can help that hit me up and I try to give them a bunch of tips. So just nice. got to pay, pay it forward like you always say. That's awesome. Absolutely. Oh, well, if there's not anything else, we will close her out. Nice. Sorry I was late, gentlemen. No. Unacceptable. Scott, um, I'm glad we got to talk. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I got one thing we can close it out on. I got one thing to say. Yeah. That is, we all need to collectively keep this freaking wave going of getting together and herping and 
keeping the circle tight because, dude, this is like I said, like this last month or this basically this year of just seeing the one thing you missed, Bill, was I was just telling Smitty how this year is the first time I've actually had the guys come over and see the collection between Brots, Jenkins, my buddy Chaz, Preston, my other buddy Zach, Billy Hunt, everyone yeah. coming over and seeing it and just getting you jazzed up on everything is awesome and it just gives you that motivation to throw it all right back in the collection so i want to get that train going and just making all these memories and we were in georgia dude we're laughing like a bunch of little schoolgirls on the (laughs) ground just a bunch of guys laughing and joking and telling stories man it's some of the best times ever we need to keep all that going i agree well said man well said need to do it more than just daytona yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Daytona's awesome, but it was good to it was good to get out and, and hang out with with everybody and it was a nice break, you know. Good to yeah. get out of town for even if it was only for twenty four hours, it was still a, a nice trip that was very uh productive. Yeah. I feel like we can all afford a rocket run weekend trip to mm-hmm. every quarter of the year to hit a different yeah. area so we can all see each other and maybe see each other's spots and stuff. Sure. definitely figure out a better sleeping situation next time in my car (laughs) (laughs) dude it was like sleep boy it was like sleeping in a freaking coffin i put that cot in the back and i had all of like 12 inches of clearance between my body and the roof of my like the 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 ceiling of my car you didn't bring a tent (laughs) i did but by the time i i was trying to decide whether i wanted to set it up or not because i was like i don't want to set this thing up and break it down just to sleep in it for you know six hours and so I was like, well, let me see if the cot will fit in the back of the car. And it did. <laughs> but then I was like, well, now I got to get in here, give myself a baby white bath, change clothes. And then it, there's also like no airflow. I think it's hilarious that you had a cot. <laughs> I don't know. My dad had one. He's like, hey, I was like, okay. Better than oh, sleeping man. on the ground and fucking my back up. I'm getting old, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bad back. But I did, man, my, my, gigantic sasquatch ass six foot four in the back of my car on this cot did manage to completely change clothes i initially it was pretty pretty toasty in there like i said i had a little fan that i plugged in to kind of circulate some air but it was pretty hot and then towards like 4 a.m it got cold and so i was i was cold and then i just it was it was rough I have a better plan next time. I like like sleeping in the back of my car. Like I fit, like it's nice and it's enclosed and it's not like, I don't have to worry about the Blair witch coming and getting me. Yeah. The witches. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually funny, man. I I was moving stuff around. I I found my tent and I think the last time I actually opened that thing was with you at carpet fest, Smitty. So I gotta, I gotta open that thing and air it out and make sure that, seals are still good and everything no mildew yeah right but yeah I, I agree with skyler man we gotta do that we just gotta keep it going like you said i'm all for remember, it man. remember when we had carpet fests those were the days they're coming back man they're coming back there's gonna be one northeast is a go and now i hear there's one in texas at reflandia that's that's gonna be awesome you have to get so. a southeast one going here, man. We do. We, we do. can't make the day t- or the one because of Daytona, so I won't be able to make the carpet fest up there. But yeah, we got to do one in February like we used to, and find a central location, and we'll do it. 
maybe maybe THN will do it. I think that's that's been the only um, real hurdle is like a, a good location. You know, P and Cody's has always worked out really well for that because they have the space to to host it. You know, yeah. Um, I can't think of anywhere here. You know, between my place and Jake's, that that we could pull it off um, to the you know the same scale that that it was at P and Cody's and. I don't know. Jake and I have definitely talked about it. Um, we just we don't know how to solve that issue, you know. Yeah, we'll put some brains together. We'll do it. I mean, even if we got like a little cheaper venue that a couple people pitched in to get, and then sure. did it there instead of trying to do it at someone's house, then you don't got to worry about the whole thing that happened to Eric with mites and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Just keep it all about the people and having a good time and sharing the experience mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh I think the the biggest thing with that was like, you know, people getting hammered and then they didn't have to go anywhere. They could just crash. Yeah. Crash there. So that's kind of the the thing is like, yeah, we could do it uh you know, get a hotel conference room or something and do something there, but <clears throat> I don't know. It'd be, I think the the best. Uh, yeah, like Jack said, I think the best thing would probably be like a, a camp, campground type deal. That would be yeah. dope. I think that would be the best way to do it. And it's like, yeah, you won't be able to see whoever's hosting their collection and stuff. But you know, that doesn't really bother me all that much. My room is tiny. Phil's seen it. <laughs> you fit more than like three people in there at a time, anyways. And yeah, my house surely ain't big enough to host something like that. So you know, I don't know. We'll we'll figure something out. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. It sucks we didn't get to have Aiden on to spit some UK stuff, but I'm glad we got to talk some her stuff. Next time, man, for sure. I'm glad you came on, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram. Use code THN to check out. Save yourself some money. Get yourself a rack. Get yourself a cage. Whichever one you prefer, they got them. Uh, some of the safest racks in the industry i can firmly say that with some of the new features they are now dropping on those racks uh the concern over potential fire hazards and things is dropping substantially with these new designs they've got going on um so please go check those out and then puget sound pythons follow them on facebook and instagram go hunt them down on morph market give them a follow there see what they've got going on uh and then uh, again shameless plug fulvius apparel there it is. Follow it on Facebook and Instagram. Taking pre-orders on the Morelia shirts. Uh, I'm going to have some hats here available soon as well. And it'll be good. We'll be back Thursday for THP. As far as I know, Jake is back in town. So Excellent. we will see you then. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.